Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 800- 259-9231. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We go right to the phones to start things out, and we will talk to Brian in Colorado on the amplifier line. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Hey, Nick. Hey. hey. What's um, on your mind? Uh, the kids have the, uh, the week off this week. It's fall break or something like that. Okay. And uh, so... I'm trying to figure out something we can do together until we move to the free state, you know, some kind of protest we can do here in Colorado. And so mm-hmm. I thought, um, let's go down and talk to some jurors, some potential jurors. Uh-huh. So um, I called the uh, jury commissioner uh, oh, a few weeks ago and found out that Tuesday, she said, Tuesday is the big jury day. It's when all the potential jurors from the juror pool come and they show up and get checked in, you know, and kind of see if they're going to be picked or not. Right. So. Um, I, went, I went to the uh, Fully Informed Jury Association, FIJA, FIJA.org, right. and uh, downloaded a, a brochure, printed up 100 of them, and uh, the kids and I went there and got there bright and early at 8 today because that's when this uh, jury commissioner told me that they were coming in. And so we were just going to stand there and hand out these things to poten- potential jurors. Sure. That's, that's, I, I have done this before, and I find it a very effective uh, method of, I don't know if it's really a protest so much as it is an outreach uh, event. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it when, um, when I did it. How did it work out, work out for you? Well, the, the, the sheriff doesn't see any difference between a protest and what we were doing. So mm. we got there, and uh, no jurors. Nobody's there. The place is totally empty, except for these two bureaucrats eating their breakfast burritos. <laughs> um, they're, they're the two jury commissioners. So finally, I, I got their attention. Uh, and uh, one of them came over, and uh, I-, I was kind of doing the same thing, you know. Hey, I haven't been picked for a jury since I was in high school. You know, uh, how do I get how do I get on a jury? You know, I, no one asks that at first. They think you're crazy. Um, and but it was just basically a way, a way to get the uh, the information to find out when they show up. And also, right. I'd like to be on a jury. Of course, I never get picked. Right, um, because you want to be on a jury. Right. If you did get picked, they'd immediately weed you out as some kind of troublemaker. <laughs> exactly. They don't want those <laughs> and, troublemakers. And I'm not sure they'd be wrong. Go ahead. So um, I, 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 there was nobody there, and we had our pins. I, I made up. I went on the Fiji site, made a couple of you know buttons with a little button maker we have mm-hmm. that says Fiji on it. And uh, so I was just talking to this bureaucrat, and then uh, she kind of looked at that and says, "What is that? What, what's that button?" Because we were all wearing them, all three of us, <laughs> my, my boys and I. Right. And I said, "Well, you know, you can't lie to a bureaucrat. You know, it's uh, it's against the law now." Yeah, well, at least a I federal don't... bureaucrat. I don't know. Is it against the law to lie to local bureaucrats? It probably is, but I'm, I'm not probably. sure about that. Yeah, they, they pass all those good laws, you know. So I, I said, um, oh, it's the Fully Informed Jury Association. And she said, oh, really? I said, have you ever heard of it? No. You know, this is her, this is her job, right, but she doesn't know anything about right. that. And I said, well, basically that uh, 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 juries exist to keep the government in check, and uh, it, it's, uh, uh, we just wanted to, uh, you know, pass out some flyers to potential jurors that haven't been picked yet. Because if you, if you hit a juror, that's, that could be called jury tampering. Once they've been chosen... Jury tampering. Right. But before that, it's just a citizen who, who, had, who got a summons in the mail to show up for this thing. And yeah, I did a little bit of research on it. So I said, um, yeah, basically, you know, the, uh, uh, the judge's instructions usually say that you have to uh, evaluate this case based on the facts and the law. That's it, the facts and the law. And I said, that's, that's just not true. And the Fully Informed Jury Association likes to educate jurors as to their right to find the law guilty and not the, the person. Mm-hmm. And I 
you know, that's how prohibition was ended. That's how slavery was ended. That's how you know, a lot of things were ended because of jury rights. Exactly. Back in the back in the olden days, jurors were actually made aware of their rights to do this, and nowadays uh, they do everything they possibly can to keep people like that out of a courtroom. Uh, in fact, if you say something about it, if you are on trial and you say something about it, the judge will probably threaten you with contempt of court for even bringing up jury nullification in uh, during the trial. So they there there's a concerted effort, almost a conspiracy, perhaps maybe a conspiracy, uh, to keep this information out of the courtroom. Exactly. You know, I, I, I tell my boys that the judge is just there to, to keep things in line. It's not his job to judge. It, it's his job to keep things moving, you know, make sure that the law is uh, expressed and all that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he dismisses the jury, he's just another citizen in, in a black jacket. Uh, the, the jury is in charge of that man's fate, of the, you know, the defendant's fate. And that's it. And that's the way it's supposed to be, yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be, exactly. Now, ju- I think the judge thing. is supposed to hand out the sentence once the jury decides the, the fate of the person, whether they should be sentenced or not. And, but, you know, up to that point, that's what the jury's for. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if, if the jury says, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he sold pot, he grew it, he sold it, um, he did all that stuff, not guilty. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the judge, the judge at, that, at that time I've heard these stories, you know, the judge says, well, why don't you go back in your, you know, deliberations and think about that again? You know, they, they keep sending them back. But um, anyway, it, it was very interesting. So after I talked to this bureaucrat, we walked out and we were we were walking the, the hallways. Uh, we walked into a couple of courtrooms. And we talked to who I thought was the, was a judge, you know, sitting there because it said there's going to be a jury trial in this courtroom at 830. Mm-hmm. So cool. Since we're getting any jurors, you know, maybe we can just kind of watch the process. And uh, so we talked to her for a while, and um, uh, just, you know, right there in, in the courtroom. And then we were walking down the hallway, and then here comes this woman that I was talking to, the, the, uh, the clerk. Okay. Uh, with three very large sheriffs. Oh, dear. Sheriff deputies. They were there to learn more about Fiji, too? <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to know this stuff. <laughs> now, yeah, now I know that uh, you had gotten in an, a car accident a few months ago, and you called us recently to say that you could walk again. Are you, do you need assistance to walk at this point? So do, do you look sort of crippled, or do you look just like a regular guy? No, unfortunately, I don't look crippled. I, I'm actually my, my physical therapist is doing a great job on me. I'm, okay. I'm walking around. Like, you wouldn't know. I have a little limp just because my, my hip is still a little sore. Gotcha. Okay. Very I good. Should I should have brought a cane. About going, going there. I was about going there in the wheelchair, but you know, I don't know if that would so, give me any sympathy. So there was no sympathy factor. Okay, you were being approached no. <laughs> by these guys. Okay, what happened? Yeah. And here I have my two boys who are both taller than I am and very handsome, of course. And uh, you know, they, they were kind of flanking me on either side. And this guy comes up and says, uh, "Do you have official business in the in the courthouse here?" <laughs> And, oh, oh, you know, this, this woman, this little uh, you know, jury uh, uh, bureaucrat, you know, points to us. You know, as, as they're pointing at us down the hallway. And then she turns around and walks back. And then, of course, the, the uh, uh, officers come toward us. Do you have any official business in, in, in this uh, courtroom? And I said, or, you know, this courthouse? I said, well, no, uh, I'm, a, I'm a citizen. I paid for the place. You know, it's my yeah. courthouse. And I, we're just kind of showing the boys what's going on around here. He says, well, if you don't have any official business, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And I said, well, I really don't have any official business, and if you can show me the statute that says I have to have official business and what constitutes official business, it seems to me that somebody checking out his common property, uh, that would be official business, you know, because he didn't get all that. And I delivered all of this with a smile. You know, mm-hmm. you can't. You can't be a jerk, otherwise, you know, it's off to the pokey. It's hard sure, not to be a jerk um, in those particular when you're when you're making statements like that. It's very difficult. Well, you know? when they're being jerks too, as well. But right. it's official well, business. Yeah. What the hell do I need official business for? Right. You have to deliver it with extra, you know, extra special smiles and everything. Mm-hmm. But and you, know, you don't put your arms up, you know, in a defensive position. Of course, they they all were with their, you know, our motto with the with the couple of guns and the pepper spray and the taser around their waist and everything. You know, I mean, I'm just kind of standing there naked. 
right. with my Fiji badge on. <laughs> so uh, uh, he, he, I, I said, well, you know, I don't think I need official business, but if you could show me the, the statute that says that uh, I have to be have official business to be in here, then, then I'll leave. <laughs> and then he changed it. He changed the story a couple of times. And I, uh, he said, well, you know, what are you here for? I said, well, we wanted to, to uh, talk to potential jurors and uh, tell them about their rights as a juror. He says, oh, you can't do that. That's jury tampering. That's a felony. And I said, I would n- never talk to a juror. I don't know who the jurors are. All I know is that people come in here, they get called, they have to go to that thing there. The sign says jury assembly area. Right. And, and they have to go there and, and, and wait until they're picked on, they're called on. You know, and it's boring there. So I've got a little brochure here to give them something to read while they're waiting. <laughs> Absolutely. And he says, uh, oh, that's not... Uh, you know, that, that, that's jury tampering. I said, they're not jurors, sir. I think you need to <laughs> check your laws a little bit. And uh, so then that It's jury work. tampering if I say it is, citizen. <laughs> exactly. So that was strike two. He, he struck out on that one. And then he said, well, uh, there's, uh, there's a statute that, uh, uh, oh, God, what is it? It, 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 it uh, prevents you from um, uh, interfering with official business. Mm-hmm. Uh, official government operations, interfering in official government operations, and he was going to get me on that one. If I if I approached anybody in the in the uh, in the hallways, I said interfering. I mean, I'm not standing in anybody's way. I'm just you know holding out a brochure. Maybe maybe talk to him for a second. Is that interfering in uh, government business? You know what, Brian? Insurance? I want you to finish the story here in a few moments. All right, hang on. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I never would have considered actually going into the courthouse to hand things out. And I think that that's sort of a weak point here, and I'd like to, I'm, I'm definitely interested in hearing the rest of the story. 800-259-9231, whenever I've done these, it's been right out in front of the courthouse in what could not be uh, c- confused as a public area. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free, and they include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look. You can see our newest Shriner, Desiree. Uh, once again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live, to save 10% at LegalZoom.com. So, let's go back to the phones, back to Brian in Colorado, who went out for a bit of an educational expedition with a couple of his sons here. Recent, was, it this, was it this week? Brian? It was today. Today, this, this morning. morning. Okay, fresh story then. Uh, you went to the courthouse with the intention of doing a fully informed jury association, out, a little outreach uh, project. And for those that don't know, uh, FIJA, the Fully Informed Jury Association, is a great little organization uh, at FIJA.org, that's, that's their website, that helps people understand their, their full rights as a juror. It's something that most Americans don't get. They don't understand it because they've never been taught it. They aren't taught it in government schools, and they certainly aren't going to be told it during the jury selection process. But the fact of the matter is, what the judge tells you in the trial is not the whole truth. 
He tells you not that, anymore. It no. used to be. It used right. to be the judges would fully inform the jury. Now they do not. It hasn't been that way for over a century, for the most part. Mm, no, they were doing. They it back started in taking it out. I thought they started taking it out I'm a lot sure in that the some, 18, late 1800s. I'm sure that some judges. It, it probably took over time. The judges um, began taking it out, and, th- and others would say, "Hey, that's a good idea. Let's not do that anymore." Right. So basically, what they they don't allow jurors to know, but it's still true, is that a juror can say not guilty based on his feeling about the law itself. Not whether or not the law has been broken, but about the law itself. So if it's a marijuana case and you don't agree with marijuana law, vote not guilty because you disagree with the law. That is the power of the juror in America, and that's the one that the government is basically conspiring to keep silent. So you and your sons were in the actual courthouse uh, walking around. You you couldn't find any potential jurors, so you were just sort of touring around and and looking at things, and that's when some guards came up uh, uh, some uh, some bailiffs or whoever sheriffs uh, came up to ask you some questions. Go ahead and continue your story. Well, yeah, this this building it's the justice center. It's a huge place. It has all the court house courtrooms. There's a jail in the back. The sheriff's office is there. The coroner is there. So this was actually the sergeant who came up with a couple of his uh, his goons, mm-hmm. uh, and and we were uh, we were chatting. And he uh, you know he tried a couple of of things, and I I just shot him down. I said no, I'm not breaking that law. No, I'm not breaking that law. And then uh, finally he came up with this one. This uh, Colorado revised statute, I don't got the number, he gave me the number of it, uh, uh, obstructing government operations. And, and, and he read this thing, and there was, you know, uh, I, I looked it up when I got home. If he intentionally obstructs, impairs, or hinders the performance blah, 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 by a public servant or threatening to use violence, force, or physical interference. So apparently, by standing near the jury assembly area where these potential jurors are coming in, uh, and handing them a, a uh, Fija, you know, brochure. You're hindering them somehow. That he say he said that was hindering, hmm. and I said, well, <laughs> I guess that's hindering. I said, but wouldn't it look really silly for you to arrest me for that? Because if you did arrest me for that, I'm going to go to trial. And, and then go trial, I'm going to fully inform the jury. Exactly. When <laughs> I go to trial, I'm going to have this piece of paper as evidence that you have to admit in the trial. He says, "Well, you know, we're just the sheriff. We're not. Uh, we're, we're not the prosecutor. Right. We're just the. We're, we're just the hired thugs. Uh, you know. Right. We, we just follow. We're just following orders." He says, "Well, no, we're not going to arrest you for that." I said, "Well, then, why why are you telling me this? I mean, what, what's the <laughs> look? Your only power is to arrest me. <laughs> exactly. Now you can try to scare me out of here and you know shoo me off, and uh, you know things can go poorly with this uh, this field trip I'm having with my sons and and that kind of thing. But if I try to push it." You're going to have to arrest me. Exactly. I, I didn't put it uh, in those terms, but that was the message I was giving him. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, 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 we're not going to arrest you. Well, okay, I'll see you later then. Why are we even standing here? Right. Bye. Because <laughs> so, so, uh, that's the only power they have. You know, what, what else do they have? And, you know, it, it would never get to trial because they don't want that kind of thing to go to trial. But I'm going to spend, you know, a, a night in jail with my bad hip, and you I don't want to be on a cold. Would, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, but, you know, I... I you know, we, we went there with the threat that we might be arrested because we were in the lion's den, like you said, uh, Ian. Uh, you stand outside. I said, you yeah, know, let's go inside because you get all kinds of people coming in. I, mean, I only have 100 brochures. Uh, you know, what if there's 500 people come in there? There's lawyers and, and people with traffic tickets and stuff sure. like that. I don't want to give – I guess I could, but we wanted to really hit the jurors. And so I figure if we went in there in the lion's den, we passed the stuff out, and, and they said, hey, you got to leave. 
uh, I'd put up a fuss, but then, you know, and then we'd go outside after that. But it'd be right, because the excuse they could make there is that, well, you know, if we allow you in here passing out your brochures, then we've got to allow the Jehovah's Witnesses in here to pass out their brochures and, you know, whoever else, uh, Hillary supporters or whoever else wants to pass out a brochure. So they could very easily sort of say, well, we need to exclude you because we need to exclude everybody. They didn't even make that argument, which is... No, we didn't get there because because I, I insisted on seeing this thing because this, this sounds you know hindering you know yeah I, I guess if hindering means you know getting somebody's attention hey there you know guys going to look this way instead of going to the jury assembly area that could be considered hindering right mm-hmm. and handing somebody so that could be hindrance so you know that that kind of thing well yeah you might have got me there but I want to see the statute you know show me the statute officer. <laughs> and so he says, well, I can show you that one. <laughs> like, you know, he couldn't show me the other two that I, that I, that I busted him on. Right. I can show you that one. So, so he said, you sit down, and, and I'll go get it. I said, well, I don't really feel like sitting down. We're going to go tour the place. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll meet you back here in a few minutes, and, and then you can show me what you got. Right. So he and one of the, one of the officers went back to their, their little cubbyhole there. And then uh, there was a third officer who was just kind of in the corner, you know, uh, hovering. Yeah, he's and, watching and she, you. Uh, she, she was kind of quiet. Uh, anyway, as there was no communication between them, but they all had the earphones in. Hmm. So uh, these, these two left, and then we started walking. We went into another courtroom. She followed us. She followed us upstairs. She followed us downstairs. We got in the elevator. She took the stairs. She was following us the whole way. Wow. You know, in and out of this. You know, we're just kind of touring. Well, she didn't have anything better to do. Yeah, right. And in fact, in fact, uh, uh, she was talking to my son uh, about you know if you if you want a tour you can you can come and tour the place and we'll give you a tour. And he was just kind of being you know smiley and nice. Anyway, um, and I was walking away and you know he was stopped with her and then some guy came up to her and, and was about, about to ask her a question and she stuck her finger up and says I'm following them. <laughs> this is true. I'm following them. Wow. So, they, they, so uh, where they did really it end, Brian? How much more? I mean, how much more is there to this story? Well. Uh, that, that's about it. Uh, the, the, uh, the, they, uh, did they uh, ever come back with their? Uh, yeah, the sergeant laws? came back with his big thick book that you know is the uh, desk sergeant's uh, you know guide all the stuff the cops have to know. And I looked it up when I got home. Oh, he, he told us this. We were going to go. In, we went back in there looking for jurors because I wasn't going to be harassed by that. I was going to hand some out, but there was no jurors anywhere. They lied to me about Tuesdays. I see. So I, I went home and looked it up. And here's here's the part that he left out when he read it to me. He wouldn't let me read it. He says, "This is my copy." But here's the part <laughs> my he copy. Out. A person commits obstructing government operations if he intentionally obstructs, impairs, or hinders the performance of a government function by a public servant. Aha! The government by it's the public, public servant. servant part. Right. The jurors exactly. are public servants. Exactly. And um, you should write him a letter. You've got him dead to rights, Brian. I think that you should uh, show up again. I think you should find out exactly hey, when look, the jury... I, I, I copied that, and you know, you must... In your copy, you must have missed this, but it says... By a public servant, and so well, he could say that a, that a potential juror is a public servant. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's that's true because then you can look up the dif- uh, the definition of public servant because all the laws and legalese they always have definitions. So you find the section on definitions, you can find the actual definition, and there's no way that the that you're a still playing their juror. game by doing uh, right. playing with the law. Though. I say find out right. when the next jury uh, selection thing is and uh, and hit them on the outside because then they really can't say much at all to you at that point. Thanks for the call, Brian. Great story. We appreciate it, and uh, keep up the great work. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, never fear. We've got them all right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience for free at freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, Limited government and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 1-800-259-9231. Were you saying something? No, I was going to say it was the organization that Ron Paul is uh, a founding member of. He is indeed. Uh, I don't know. Not much to say about Ron Paul tonight, but after tonight we'll have a few things to talk about. He's going to be on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Huge. This evening. Huge. So that should be interesting. A topic that I wanted to bring up, and I don't mean to sidetrack or anything, but something I was thinking about today, I was driving around, I spent too much time driving today, mm-hmm. and um, it, I, I saw some kids in uh, Halloween costumes. Mm. At what age does Halloweening become inappropriate? Inappropriate or uncool? Um, inappropriate. Because it got uncool for me at a certain point. Look, I've, I, I've been a homeowner... F- for quite some time. Now it's had, cool again. There was an uncool phase, and now it's cool again. It, well, at some point or another, I don't know. I've had plenty of years where I've had uh, 17-year-old boys who had some, you know, black eyeliner smeared around their eyes, you know, to put some rings around their eyes, and brought a garbage bag to the door and said, trick or treat, with a, <laughs> you know, like five o'clock shadows thicker than mine. I, you know, and I, I'll give you... You get you better give them the candy because they're right. going to egg your house. That's the idea. I, I think that that's originally Halloween. That's the idea is, is that it's extortion. Um, you know, at the at the door extortion. At some point, it became the kinder, gentler holiday where um, little kids dress up in cute little outfits, and you're like, "Oh, aren't you adorable?" And you give them candy based on that. Um, but I don't think it's ever inappropriate to answer your question. I don't think it is. I think that if I, I'm you know, put out. Somebody's going to walk around from door to door to get a piece of candy. Give them the damn piece of candy. I mean, who cares? I don't like it. I'm, I'm put out. When some 17-year-old comes to my door, you know, I'm just like, get out of here. Yeah, well, I, I think once you're in high school, you should really stop trick-or-treating. Right. It's more you're saying uh, but, but that they should self-limit themselves somehow. And at the door, I really am feeling extorted. I'm, extor- I'm being extorted by the possible threat of violence or, you know, vandalism to my house. And I'm um, feeling extorted just by, you know... Here's somebody asking for something, like a bum on the street, you know, and, and they're not much different than that. They, they usually have not gone. My experience is that when young people, uh, you know, teenagers come to the door, uh, they haven't spent a lot of time on their costumes. You know, they're just like, uh. So if they have spent some time on the on the costume, then you don't. It's no issue for you. It's not it's, necessarily the age. It's the at, it, right. effort. The effort is uh, certainly an issue, but. I haven't had that happen, Ian. I haven't had anybody who's come in a really great costume asking for um, Halloween candy. You know, if, if somebody came in and they had some fantastic, you know, some 37-year-old guy comes to my door, he's got a really good um, good outfit that he spent a lot of money and uh, a lot of time on, sure, you can have some candy, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm put out when uh, yeah, I can't really tell that there's a grumpy old man. I can't tell that there's even a costume here. What are you, the garbage guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, how many 17-year-olds did you have come to your door, though? Because my opinion is that most people self-limit themselves. A, a, a few. Um, you know, over the year, uh, enough to complain about. 
You're okay. co- what are you complaining about, though? I mean, just the fact that you have to give that you feel obligated to give them candy, or that you're upset that they haven't put any effort into their costume. What is it that it is really rubbing at you? I guess is what I'm curious about. All that. I, I just uh, okay. they're bums. Get off my grass. <laughs> they're bums. It's you know what it is. They're homeless people coming to my door. Essentially, <laughs> I don't like homeless people. Now they're coming well, to the door. It's I'm, the one night of the year when you're expected to give the homeless man a piece of you know a Smarties or something like that. <laughs> Well, and, and that's, that's really the cents. issue is, you know, they, they're like, you, you give them a Smarty and then they shake the bag at you. Oh, do they? <laughs> Come on. What are you going to do? If you, you know what you should do is you need to have like Jesus brochures. Give them one of those. They'll never show up again. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Or just health food. Some people give out like healthy, like celery Here, sticks and crap. Here's an like apple. <laughs> now, apples are expensive, man. That I don't know about that. Well, it depends on if you have an apple tree. That's why they started That's giving true. those out. I could give them a grapefruit, uh, you know, in Florida. <laughs> Here you go. Pucker up on this. Yeah, just think about something they wouldn't want, right? And then make it very obvious that you're the one giving them something they wouldn't want. And then next year, you probably won't see them again. I don't know. How would you deal with it? 800-259, you the listener. 1-800-259-9231. Does it bug you? Do you have a system? How do you handle these uh, these kids that don't want to bother Somebody putting a costume Somebody call in and, and defend me a little bit here. Are, are you, am I just a grumpy old guy? You know, I appreciate where you're possibility. coming from. Well, I appreciate where you're coming from, and I, I, I understand where you're coming from. To me, it's just whatever. Yeah, I, I understand, too. I've just never had anyone come to our house who is over... The age of fourteen. Have you ever had anyone come to your house? Yeah, I mean, you oh live yeah. Out in Nelson, uh, we do live in the woods. But <laughs> what yeah. are they dre- I mean, they better not dress up like a deer. They're going to get shot. I, I start well. That's Hunting possible. season, you know. Yeah, you know, I started trick or stop trick or treating after like sixth grade was probably the end of it, as mm-hmm. I recall. So, and that's what most people I know did. Yeah, so. I don't really remember trick or treating. I mean, it, I, I got a, I had a job in fifth or sixth grade, so you know, I'm not going to go. Well, wait a minute, Mark. When's the last time you actually handed out candy? Because you're here on Halloween, unless it happens to be a Sunday night, which this year it won't be. I don't believe it was last year. Uh, you're doing the show. Um, so the, the last few years, I've uh, I've been doing the show, but I gave out candy before that. You know, I enjoyed right. doing that. I right. dress up a little bit. I do does a Laura feel the, the same way? Your wife? Does she feel the same way? She escapes the house on uh, really every time. She doesn't. She doesn't like handing out candy to kids, or what? I don't know. She she's had something to do every single time, like a like a party, Halloween party, or something. Or I what? remember one year I put um yeah, well different stuff, you know, work, uh, you know, appointments, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I put out uh, in Florida, I put out a bowl of candy, right? And you know, like well, a jack o' lantern, right? That's what it. we do too, because we're busy. You know, we just don't. Mm-hmm. We can't answer the door. And I'm sure that the first kid, um, you know, the, the first uh, scruffy seventeen year old with the five o'clock shadow in the garbage bag and grabs then, it all, and, right? And he just dumps it into his bag, right? right. <laughs> tosses the uh, the 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 dish into the yard and and leaves. That's the question, I guess, on the table here is uh, is how do you handle Spits teenagers? <laughs> how do you handle teenagers who uh, you don't? Do you feel they deserve the candy? And if so, what do you do about it? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. In the meantime, we will go to your calls about anything and talk to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. I gave up trick or treating years ago. Yeah. But a um, couple points in Ohio, a person can be arrested and arraigned on the next day, but can be held for eight days after life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can be a, okay. Can be held up to eight days after he's arraigned. Yep. Okay. Well, they well they would have been charged at that point. They've been arraigned, and I mean, you know, they can be held even longer, can't they? I mean, you, at that point, you're you're arraigned, you know, and then what? What do you get your pleading within eight days? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're you're 
in municipal your rain putting jail for eight days and you can get out before trial. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I don't really understand that. So why would they put you in jail for for eight days? Um I have no idea. I've I found out from experience. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like a guy who knew what, was, what he yeah. was talking about. Thanks for the call, Dave. We appreciate oh. hearing from you. Let's talk to Richard in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Richard. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for being they, here. What's on your mind? They keep you for eight days because it takes longer than seven, and they're so good at spending money. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Talking about like having to uh, give uh, candy to kids for Halloween yeah. and how some don't deserve it. Yeah. Well, I kind of like I kind of can relate to, to where you come from a little bit, but don't you think there's an analogy here? And it's quite similar to like owning a house and like you get this tax bill that comes. Mm-hmm. Does he really deserve it? Does who deserve it? The tax collector. No. He hasn't done anything to uh, des- deserve like, it at all. I just got another bill on my house. I'm like, this is the first house I've had where like, I've been paying the taxes, like, so I know what they are. Mm-hmm. Right. So they've just been kind of rolled into the mortgage. And, uh, boy, it's just really like... I Painful, know, isn't it? Man. I know. I mean, it's hard enough to make the mortgage payment every single month that mortgage payment comes in. And then here come the taxes. It's like all at once a double mortgage payment, yeah. and you've got to make the mortgage payment. So it's a triple mortgage payment. No, my taxes here are like quadruple mortgage payment or quintuple. I'm just coming up with a number. Yeah. It's it's a multiple of your mortgage payment plus the mortgage payment. Yeah. It sucks. It does, it does suck, man. If you've got anything else, hang on. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. How do you handle these teenagers on Halloween? This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features there are for free, and we invite you to enjoy them on us. And if you like the show, then help support us on a voluntary basis by going shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter their site through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of whatever you purchase. It could be a used item. It could be brand new in one of their 41 categories that you can shop in. Huge selection. Great free super saver shipping deals as well. Start your experience at amazon.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. Great way to help the show and get the stuff you need. Let's go back to the phones. Richard in California, I know you were calling for other reasons besides taxes, so what else did you have on your mind tonight, Richard? Okay, in the uh, in the city of Arcata in Humboldt County, like it's a medical marijuana issue I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of co-intel going on. Like there's uh, starting to like catch on some message boards. Like, I don't know, the, the right-wingers are going to try and bring something to the ballot to uh, to try and curtail... Uh, the two proposition 215 but that's on the road but anyway what they're doing what this uh, local city council is doing and it's really scary because you could have private property but then what these communists are doing is is uh the students are all up in arms because they're like oh man there's no housing for us because people are growing weed in the bedrooms instead of housing students in there we need more housing for students right so the city of Arcata, all the council members, they're like trying to do this thing where to, if you're a private landowner and you want to rent your house, mm-hmm. you have to pay some bureaucrat to come over your house and search it for uh, <laughs> indoor grow. 
And and what and what is that going to prove? They're doing this under the guise. They're saying like, oh, well, half the fires in Arcata are because of indoor growing. Yeah, but there's only like. Fifty fires a year, not even. Right. Like, you know, it's not like it's the, like, there's those, like eight. There's probably fifty fires, fires a year, but they're not residence fires, and there's probably eight there's residence fires. Some of that fires. going on, like one dude, the fire department came because he had his sulfur burner going, and it set alarms off. No, wait like, a minute. Let me see if I've got something. Uh, let me clarify here. Are, are they going to have to approve you for a rentable, like a rentable structure? Yeah, like a bureaucrat's going to have to come out and give you a stamp. But here's like what I don't understand is. The the people are com- people are complaining because people are using third bedrooms as um, you know th- second or third bedrooms as grow ops right? right so if you want to rent they're going to come out and inspect you mm-hmm. but the problem is is the people don't want to rent because they're making they have grow ops so in fact they're making it more arduous to rent a room than um, exactly. than previously what they should in fact do is say hey it's completely legal to grow pot on your outside um, you know outside of your house. And then, then they'd have the bedroom. I think free. it is legal. Is it well, free? It's just it, better no, indoors. Well, indoors, you can have a ten by ten legal with one prescription. Gives you a ten by ten. No, it does. There's no limits on lights or plants or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. For one script on a ten by ten. But like, I mean, just the fact that like you would have this house, you would save up your money. You you know you totally work and work and work and work and sacrifice, right. save, buy a house. Then you get the scruffy face trick or treater with some eyeshadow on his face and a trash bag, aka tax assessor, who like comes by all the time, and you got to pay him. And then now you got to have these bureaucrats. If you can get ahead in life to where maybe you have a second house that you could rent out, now you have to get another license, right. and you have to pay for a spy to come out and crawl around the house. A license to rent, and you know what? They're trying that out here in uh, in New Hampshire. At least where we live, they're trying to. Uh, they're claiming it's voluntary to start, right? They're, oh, it's just a voluntary program. Renters, uh-huh. uh, they're going to approve certain structures to to be rented to the college kids because this is a college town where we do the show from, Keene, New Hampshire. It's starting with the college, it's like some right. kind of co-intel thing to it's get weird rid of stuff, property man. rights. Well, it, the property rights are already gone. I mean, the fact is, if you don't pay that tax man, then they're going to take your property from you eventually. It won't be next year; it might be ten years down the line, uh, but they will get around to screwing you eventually. And, and it's just. I wish we did have property rights in America, but we don't. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Whatever happened to tar and feathers? <laughs> Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean, it's it's just bad. They're, they keep piling on the regulations. They keep piling. If it's not zoning, it's this rental approval program. You know, if it's not if it's not zoning, if it's not rental approval, it's property taxes. I mean... How many different ways do they want to prove that they own your property and that you don't? And they, they, in this case, they're not even solving the problem. The problem is, is that uh, you know not enough people want to rent their rooms out, so they're going to go and uh, you know put more regulate more bureaucracy to rent a room out. It doesn't make any sense. Essentially, what they're doing is they're drying up the room renting market. Well, no, they were. I thought. I thought that he was saying that, uh, that the students are complaining because there aren't enough places to rent. Students are complaining because there's not enough places to rent. So they've put in place that now they're going to have a bureaucrat come around, um, and if you are renting, they're going to make sure you're not um, using any of the other rooms in your house as a grow mm. operation you don't because wanna... you could rent those too. Yeah. But they're not going to go around and do house-to-house checks for grow ops and say if you have a grow op, you've got to rent, you've got to shut it down and rent that room out. I mean, none of it makes any sense. Nick, as a uh, real estate agent, are you coming across any of this sort of uh, activity? 
Uh, oh, as far as regulating yeah. property uses, yeah. um, I haven't so much. But a lot of the smaller towns, it's they really just don't have the same regulatory. It's just atmosphere not. I mean, we don't live in California, right? right? I mean, so it's not as bad. Even in even in the city that we live in, it's nowhere. It can't be anywhere near right. as bad as Humboldt County. Oh, but California. I run into zoning quite often. I mean, yeah. that's a large part of the job is making finding a property that fits someone's needs. Not that the properties don't exist, just town zoning for what they want to use the property for makes it so there's lots of houses out there but they can't run a business out of it or just SOL. Or yeah. Yeah. So it you know, it makes things a lot more complicated and it actually drives property values for some things up because there's a lot less commercial land and they do, they do that zoning on purpose that way and if you have the commercial land you're, you're Sure, if, if you were the if you own that land and um and when they started the whole zoning thing and you're like Hey, you know, I'm on a busy corner here. I need to be zoned commercial, right. and you manage to uh, get yourself put in that commercial zoning. You, you, and all the rest of it excluded. Well, you really raise the value of your property. Oh yeah, the ten times in some cases if it's good commercial land. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Anessa in Pennsylvania. Anessa, you're on Free Talk Live. I uh, guess you wanted to know about the the trick or treating thing and teenagers. I went trick or treating every year when I was in high school, and mm-hmm. nobody ever turned me away. Now I went full out, best costume I could come up with, and nobody, none of my neighbors ever complained about it. Um, now that I'm an adult, I have my own house. Nobody ever comes because I live so far in the country. Mm-hmm. Well, but anybody who dresses up gets candy. I gotta say, you know, I'm not. I, I don't have a problem with hot t- high school girls coming to the door. That's not what my problem is. My problem is really, you know, I, I guess I just don't like teenage boys very much. I, uh-huh. I, I just, I just in general don't like them. I, you know, they're 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 too, uh, I don't know, primitive as far as I'm concerned. And it, it, they, they come to the door and they're they're petulant. You know, trick or treat, man. <laughs> yeah, the negative attitude that would turn me off. Um, now, how would you husband, handle it, though? I mean, you say you don't get trick or treaters, but how would you actually handle it if you had, say, a person in a costume standing next to someone who was not costumed? I mean, would you abs- a- actually shun the person without a costume right there on absolutely. the spot? I would tell them flat out, "You didn't dress up, you're not getting candy." And you aren't and, concerned uh, they're going to come by and egg your house later on. Uh, I don't think anybody has that much ambition anymore. Yeah, I don't think I, I haven't heard a lot of house eggings um, going on, and but that's the, just the sort of thing that Ian would be concerned about. I, I think the eggings are pretty random. I th- even if you give them candy, uh, teenagers right. might just gonna, egg your house anyway. If you're going <laughs> to egg a house, I mean, likely you're going to. I have an egg. Well, there's a house, and you happen to be driving by. And you don't target a- somebody? I would think you'd be targeted. In fact, I only got that from you, Mark, because you had brought it up once, suggesting that that's what kids would do. It's possible. Yeah. My husband also said he was going to um, chase anybody away with the paintball gun that gave him a hard time. So Sweet. That's a good we idea. Have a plan. Thank you, Anessa, for the call. <laughs> we appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. Of course, uh, Halloween mirror hours away uh, at this point. It is Hallow's Eve, I believe. I guess no, Halloween it. is Hallow- Hallow's Eve. Is it? Yep, yep. It's the, yeah, I forget what they call the actual... All Saints Day is November 1st. So this is Halloween Eve then? Yes. I see. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Any other Halloween tips, tricks, whatever you want to share, maybe experiences? Maybe when you were young, maybe when you were younger, if you ever egged somebody's house, can you explain if there was any rationale behind your decision? Did you, did you choose a house specifically to egg, or was it just, well, there's a house? 
I would think that if there's an angry neighbor down the street, that he would be more likely to be targeted. I would think that if there was a feud between, you know, a couple of factions of kids, that the parents of one of the uh, the kids would be more likely to be targeted. That sort of thing. I, I find it hard to believe that teenagers uh, who who have enemies would just randomly egg houses. You know, I never egged a house, but. Everyone in high school would egg their friends that I remember. Hmm. That's the usually you'd egg your friends is more of a joke than than target people. That's you didn't not funny. Like. Well, not funny at all. Then they'd egg your house and you know oh that's my. just the way it went. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour number two is on the way. Did you ever egg anybody's house or maybe TP toilet paper? Why? What? What? What did you use to decide which house to do that to? That's what I want to know. Hour two is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 800- 259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. We go to the phones to Wallbound in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Wallbound, hello. Gentlemen. Hey, hey man. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm kind of depressed this evening. What's, what's up? Why? What's the problem? Well, I just had two servers hacked, Ooh. crashed, mm. and burnt. Damn it. That's, that what is happened, depressing. What happened was I decided today to log in to Alex Jones' website and watch yeah. the new movie, Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Got a new I app. run a couple of programs on my servers to let me know when uh, ports open up, people log in, whatever. Sure. And and these are programs that I've wrote myself, so there's there's no way that what happened didn't happen. All right. All right. Thirteen minutes into the movie, my bandwidth just took a dump. You know, and I just like, well, what's going on? And my, I look over on my servers, and there's like notifications that there are three people logged into my servers. Software is being uploaded, and I go to try to lock it out and go to shut it down. And before I can shut it down, my main server with all my constitutional research. Uh, I've just been doing all kinds of research with that, the constitutions, reading them, going through them, editing them, taking the independence, and going through bills and lining them up and making a list and comparing a new declaration that I was writing to the old one, listing in great detail of all the rights and violations that are basically unconstitutional. Sounds like quite a project. All right. Yes, so it did, was. It did you have a backup? Well, <laughs> that's the funny thing. Some of the backups and the files that I have that were encrypted or in a text zip documents, every one of my zip files or text documents come back with an error. They're unaccessible. You can't get into them at all. So, everything so they, that corrupted, had, they corrupted your files somehow? They corrupted everything on all three systems. I can't, uh, I can't barely open a web page now on my main machine, That's and it's awful. still working, by the way. But my two backup servers, the one server, they fried the RAM. They fried the board. They encrypted something into the board. How could they fry the board? How is that possible from software? It installed a damn chip virus. A chip-away virus. When you boot up a a BIOS system, you can activate a chip-away 
virus protection on your board. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody that knows anything about binary code, you can bypass that. I mean, it's it's, it's not hard. I'm I not going to go into detail. I see. Because then I it's give too technical. Got it. Got it. You know, and and, and like I say, I know the the keys of hacking. I've been there, did that, been caught, and told not to do it. No why more. were you Why were you targeted? What, do you think that it was just a random thing, I, or somebody didn't I like you, or what? I don't think that it had anything to do with the Alex Jones's website, and I want to make that clear. I really want to make that clear. I don't think it had anything to do with them. I think it has something to do with the the searches that I've been doing through Google, mm. uh, the posts that I make at certain topic websites, like maybe you'll. Maybe yours, the Free State Project. Um, just, I, I, I really can't say, you know. And I, and I, what find, what I find out really weird about it is I just made a two hundred and fifty dollar uh, donation to Ron Paul, mm-hmm. and it's it's like that was probably something to do with it because. Yeah, but how do these people know that? I mean, uh, most of these um, transactions are secure. I mean, when you go and you you contribute money to a campaign, that's usually a secure credit card like link. Say, I'm not saying that it's, that it's that specifically, but I'm just saying that the critique, the the process of that I go to do my research, the websites that I go to, mm-hmm. the files and the documents I download, uh, most of it I do from government websites themselves, especially when you're talking about listing the HR 6166 hmm. or the HR 3122, and you give them great detail in who these traitors pricks are that vote for this crap, who don't even read the bills, and you list them in a Declaration of Independence. I mean, my de- Declaration of Independence so far was up to 400 pages Oh, long. my goodness. No one's going to read that. No, they're not, and it was not meant for anybody your personal else to thing. read. It was, it a personal was my thing. personal pet project. I see. You know? Gotcha. I don't know. Do you think it could have just been a coincidence? Just you know, just happened to be you just happen to get targeted by some kids or or whatever. I'm hoping that that's what it was. I mean, I really will you am. ever know? I mean, really, how will you ever find well, out? The only way I could possibly find out is, like I say, I traced the note back into Washington D.C., which is one of the reasons why I just had government written all over it. Mm. But like I say, anybody can master IP. I can master your IP with about 45 lines of code. Right. It's not. It's not hard. But I think, I, I honestly believe that it's either what I've been doing and the places that I've been going, or it, it's possible it's a couple of 10, 12-year-olds 10, playing around. i got right. a couple of buddies that hacked the iPhone, so, I mean... Either way, I mean, you, you've only got certain options, right? You either keep well, going do, doing things the way you've been doing them, or you put in some more security, right? Well, the only thing I can really do is send the trace routes, all the evidence of my networking, back to my Internet service provider, and then they can do a search like that. But mm-hmm. if it's actually the government doing it, I'm not going to find any results. On Nothing will ever come me out. And you yeah. both know that. Yeah. So all and, you really, I mean, but, but what you can do is maybe batten down the hatches a little bit more, right, at, on your end. Well, if you get through two firewalls, what are you going to do? I mean, how much more can you do? That's a good point. I mean, point. I'm on a Wi-Fi network, and after that Wi-Fi network and my router, I'm, I got two encrypted firewalls on my system. Everything's locked out. Now the I fact is, if they want to get in I, bad enough, they'll they'll get in. It's, that's right. It's that's unfortunate. It. Like I said, a ten and a twelve year old hacked iPhone. So, you know, I, I'm just I, I'm don't want to sound paranoid, but at this point, you know, I I don't know if I was going down the wrong path or what. 
Hard to say, man. Let us uh, let us know if anything else happens, but I doubt it. I think I'm going to say I'm going to guess just random attack. I'm going to guess that uh, you know, or maybe somebody saw you on a bulletin board and they didn't like what you were saying. It may not have had anything to do with what you were up to. Like I said, that's very possible. Yeah, I, mean, I like I, his I'm Ron Paul explanation. And you know that if you've read any of my posts on your message board, I am very opinionated. Thanks for the call. I, I like the Ron Paul explanation because that gives your name and address and everything. I you know, it's right out there on the internet. If you've donated, they can and. If somebody knows essentially where you are, they can find you can't out. Do it, you can't do it anonymously through uh, the Ron Paul thing? You I can't. don't think you can. I know I know some people that donated that whose names weren't on the list. But again, when you're when you're doing a contribution online, it's it's encrypted. Right. I it's mean, just a care for I don't right. believe that I um, contributed. But but you're you're assuming that they got the information. No, it's public data. Oh, over two hundred dollars. Over two hundred. Yeah. Is required reporting. I, it, well, we didn't. Add, he said it was two hundred fifty dollars donation he gave. Right. Yeah, but, but that's not gonna. I, I mean, I, don't I find it why. hard to believe that, that. Like, you know, a lot of people have given twenty three hundred dollars, the maximum, to Ron Paul, and they haven't had their servers hacked. So mm-hmm. why did they attack Wallbound over all of the other thousands and thousands of contributors to the Ron Paul know. campaign? I don't know. And that's it. Seems that seems paranoid to me. Right. Uh, I don't think the government would be likely to just fry one random Ron Paul supporter's servers. That It seems like they'd be more likely to want to hack in and see what's you know, on there. Well, let's, and and that's what they were trying to do, but away. failed. Um, they didn't go after to destroy his computer, which apparently they did, and I didn't know you could destroy the whole Let's computer. go to our resident computer analyst, Paula, in Florida. You're on Free Talk <laughs> Live. Hello. Yeah, hi, hon. This is not right for this to be happening to somebody. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a way he can protect himself. Well, anyway, just... it depends. I mean, it's like, you know, you can put as many locks on your front door as you want yeah. to. If yeah. it's if there's a skilled locksmith or, you know, somebody that knows how to pick locks out there the, the, on the other side, he's going to get through eventually. It's just a matter of how much stuff he can put in his way. Well, it's just too bad this is happening. It's a shame. Anyway, there's something you all need to know about. Okay, what your is it? Your vice president Who? made a very smart remark about our Confederate flag. Really? Yeah. It what was on the news tonight. My family brought the Civil War, and it's also part of the president's family, too. Brought it from and, I, and I'm going to tell you something. People have been lied to about the Civil War. Oh, yeah. That much and they is need true. to get the truth about what was really behind all this. What was it, Paula? Okay. There was two groups of people that wanted this country destroyed. They were using Lincoln to do it. Or they thought they were going to be able to, but anyway. You mean Lincoln didn't want to actually destroy the country? Because it seemed like it was Lincoln no. that was the bad guy. No. They're the ones that killed him. They couldn't control him. But they were going to kill my family, too. Good heavens. That and sounds scary. Anyway, anyway, the thing is, this guy has no right. Just because he happened to see this and then make a smart remark about it. I mean, this is all over national TV. I don't even know what you're talking about. But the vice president. He was, he, the he vice was president. going somewhere, right. and he happened to come by this place, and he saw this confederate Thanks for the call, name. Paula. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. is the place to go. The features on the site on the house, including wiki.freetalklive.com. There's over 1,400 pages that were created by listeners like you. You can go there and edit the wiki to your heart's content. It's for free. wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. And do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks and no turndowns. If you're 18 years of or, or, or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start from just $22 a 
month. So go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. Now, just a few moments ago, we had Paula on the line, I don't know, rattling off some conspiracy theory about the Civil War. And we didn't really have time to get into it because I didn't really care. But uh, (laughs) she was saying that Lincoln was set up or controlled by two families or two guys. Puppet masters. Whatever. Look, Lincoln was a bad guy, okay? He's not a heroic president at all. Uh, Lincoln was the guy but, who had the hard-on to have to keep the South in the, the Union in the first place. And, you know, uh, they call it the Civil War. It's not even accurately – it's not even an accurately a civil war. I mean, a civil war is when two powers fight over control of the government. What you have there is – I don't. I don't know. Secession. It's a war of independence. It's like the war we, of northern uh, aggression. The damn Yankees <laughs> came tromping on our land, and uh, you know, no. The I, I I see there's good reasons and bad reasons for the Civil War. I mean, a lot of people see it as a war to end slavery, and to some, not true. some that's extent, a, that's, it's it's not inact. It's not entirely inaccurate, no. but it's definitely a warping of the history. That's like the government press release version well, that, of the war. It's right. kind of kinda like saying. World War II, well, no, I guess more so it was about slavery. But it's almost like saying World War II was fought to end the Holocaust, which right, is actually right. an attitude, a belief that some casual students of history absolutely have, which is completely inaccurate. Yeah, casual, um, casual, uh, you know, histories of uh, students of history and people that don't know a damn thing. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, what I was taught that. in government yeah. high school. It's the impression you might walk away with. It's yeah. one of the terrible things. But we had no idea what they were doing with Jews. The German people didn't know. And Lincoln they had did, suspicions. Lincoln didn't free the slaves for two years. The Emancipation Proclamation wasn't um, signed <laughs> until two years well, after the beginning of the war. And the Emancipation Proclamation wasn't didn't say the slaves are free now. It said if these states don't come back into the Union by this date, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll emancipate their slaves. So it was an ultimatum. His ultimate goal was to end the war because it was going very badly for the North. He wanted to preserve the Union. His goal was to get the states to come back into the Union and they can keep their slaves. So it, he was always about preserving the Union above and beyond freeing slaves. That, that was his ultimate goal. Was to preserve the union. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's really what all it was. Is he was a tyrannical um, guy who was not simply was not going to allow the uh, South to get away. He instituted an income tax, the first ever in the United States, unconstitutional income tax, in order to fund this war. He instituted a draft, the first ever a war, a quote unquote war to, to end slavery. He instituted slavery to end it. Right, right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And then it was a class. It was a sort of a uh, you know income class based. Uh, draft where you could buy your way out by I could pay you to oh, yeah. to take my place and then you had a lottery's out. chance of actually living through the the whole experience uh, you know I, I happen to like the confederate flag I, I think it's a beautiful I, I just I don't know I, I grew up I like it I like the the red white and blue the whole crossed bars things with the stars going in them and everything but when I I would never put a sticker on my car or fly a flag out in front of my house um, <laughs> like that simply because it offends people. Right, and, it's get been, it. and it's, it has been used by largely by a number of groups that are very racist. And right. So the the association there is right. If you, you know, see it's a guy, pe- bad, like bad people have used the symbol. You see a guy that has uh, you know a Confederate flag, the word redneck written on the back of his jacked up pickup truck. You get the impression. Right. He doesn't like black people. Right. It may or may not be true. I don't know. But, um, you know, it, and it would look funny on, if, you know, for me to, to, you know, have it on one of my vehicles. It would just be strange. Yeah. What's, 
what is that guy in the, in the BMW convertible driving around with a Confederate flag for, you know, or whatever? Right, and you live up north now, so it'd be like throwing it in their face or something. I've like seen that. Confederate flags since I've been yeah. up here. Yeah. To, but, be, to be honest, a lot of people I know don't. That there are <laughs> The attitude I've heard that's most anti-South is we really should have let them go. <laughs> <laughs> right. People up north, they won. They could care less. You know, um, I, I, I may feel great that the Buccaneers won the uh, Super Bowl and no, I don't know, 2002 or whatever. But what really sticks in my craw was in 2000. Mm. They got that bad call right in the playoffs, and they got knocked out of. It's the losing, and and the yeah. losing so unfairly that that yeah. that hurts me. So right. I mean, yeah, that's why Southerners are still pissed. <laughs> yeah, but back on the issue of the flag, though, and I've asked, I've brought this question up um, in history class in high school. People were talking about whether the Southern, uh, the Confederate flag was offensive, whether it should be part of state flags today. And I said, you know, there is a racist history behind the Confederate states. There is also one behind the flag of the United States. Our Constitution counted blacks, black slaves as three-fifths of a person. Right. And we stole the whole continent from the Indians and didn't consider them even three-fifths of a person. They were just animals, according, you know, when the country was founded. Right. That was a prevailing wisdom. So... You know, there's, we have a lot of things to, that we shouldn't be proud about in American history. What do they and say? What do the students say after after this? I mean, I can I can tell where your summer, summary's no. going. What do they say after that? Nothing. I mean, you just totally trounced <laughs> no, the whole said, conversation of whether or not the uh, Confederate flag is. Um, uh, I is, think is I think the teacher changed banner. the subject when I brought up the fact that the U.S. Constitution had slavery in it, and so why aren't we? Why do we? Keep the same flag we had. Right. Why don't you hate the Why yeah. don't you hate the, the American, American flag, flag as a symbol of racism? And people just kind of looked at me, and there was not much of a discourse after that. Right. The gears just stopped <laughs> turning. Now you correct, not You corrected me during the uh, the break, and I I thought other people will want to know this. The apparently the stars and bars is not what I thought the stars and bars that, was. The stars and bars is the battle flag of North Virginia. No, no. The stars and bars is in fact the first national flag of the Confederacy. The the three the the two right. reds and the one white. Right. Right. And okay. then the battle flag of North Virginia. is called the Stainless Banner, yep. according to Wikipedia. Yeah, and that's the one you always see. That's what people think right. when they hear Confederate flag. It's the two, that blue axe one. with the stars. <laughs> yeah, it's a good-looking one. The, the the first Confederate national flag, was. it's pretty ugly. It looks yeah, pretty much like the American flag. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's but, a bad uh, imitation of the American flag. You know, there's so many different things. I mean, since we're talking about the topic of flags, it inevitably ties into the topic of the Pledge of Allegiance, because that's typically the other thing that's combined with the flag. <laughs> if the flag is around, there's somebody doing a pledge to it. Uh, and that's another area where most Americans are not aware of what hi- history really holds. Right. Uh, and, and the fact is, the Pledge of Allegiance is a socialist pledge. And it was written by a Brit, wasn't it? I don't know I, if he I, was British, but he was definitely a Nazi. He yeah, was definitely he was, a national he, socialist. He called himself that, didn't he? I mean, Francis was, Bellamy is his name. I'm not sure what his, uh, you know, his genealogy is. But. And the phrase, under God, which is very popular among a lot of talking heads in the religious right, that was even that was he didn't even put that in there. That's correct. That was, it was added yeah, in the fifty, like, 50 it years later. Yeah, it was inserted because we didn't think the communist spies could spit out the words and it would keep us safe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, um, the the things that I the thing that I like to ask people that are big into the flag uh, into the the pledge. Although I like to say it, I, I I do have a problem with it. Is what is the pledge of allegiance of Australia? or Great Britain, or any other country. Well, the fact is, there isn't one. It's a weird, just American thing. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. And you can uh, enjoy all the features there for free, including updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you know first if you're on the updates list, updates.freetalklive.com to get on it. It's free, of course. That's updates. Dot freetalklive.com, and perhaps you might just own or know someone that does a company that's struggling to collect money from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI, see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI, and I love the word vexing. That's a great word. It is. It's good. And arduous. That's another one. 800-259-9231. I can tell you didn't write that copy. Why don't you bite me? <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Talk to April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, April. Hi, you know, you were talking about the Pledge of Allegiance, and I had a little bit of trivia, uh, hi- historical trivia. I've spoken to several older people that are in their 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. and a lot of people aren't aware that back in the 30s, um, when they would do the Pledge of Allegiance, they would do it with a straight arm Roman salute. Yeah. Yes, very much flag. like the Nazis. In fact, uh, Hitler borrowed the uh, salute from America, who was doing that at the time. America was using the Nazi salute for the pledge. Hitler borrowed it, and then America changed their salute. It's not a, it's pl- not a Nazi salute. salute. It's a Roman salute, and it's, it goes back. The Romans were the first to do it. Sure. Well, fascist, it's, Rome, it's, his, you know, whatever. Historically, you're, you're absolutely you're stating the truth, but, uh, you know, from a uh, pop culture standpoint, uh, most Americans would say that, you know, that that's, that's the way they view it, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying you're, you're absolutely well, right. That's just because they're dumb. Well, you know. <laughs> well, ignorance yeah. is because, a little bit more accurate. It's the God's honest truth. I mean, you're, you're fighting against ignorance every day, but, you know. What are you going to do? It's just, it's just kind of an interesting point that um, because people always call it, you know, you hear, hear uh, ignorantly people state it as the Hitler salute, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's actually the Americans were doing it first and the Romans before them. Yeah, and yep. we dropped it for PR reasons after the right. whole Nazi nationalism but thing. But the pictures are, are out there. Are pushing. Oh, yeah, yeah they're I've out there. Them. It's Rex Curry. I think RexCurry.net has uh, some of the photos of school children mm-hmm. doing that salute in front of the flag. It's really kind of creepy to look yeah. at. It's the same thing. The same thing. It's only creepy because you've, like, allowed your, you know, you've allowed your ad- imagination to go wild. But, like, for instance, the swastika has been used for many, many years, and in the United States, before World War II, the Cowboys used it as a cattle brand. Mm-hmm. It was American used Indians. by Coca-Cola. It was used by the Boy Scouts. And, well, it's, you know, I don't find it creepy because of its necessar- necessarily because it's linked to uh, you know fascism. I find it creeper be- creepy because people are worshipping an object. I, I find that creepy. You know, they're pledging allegiance to an inanimate object and to a concept, and uh, and that's I find the pledge itself creepy. I find the text of the pledge, I find its socialist indoctrination message, that's what I find creepy. April, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean, I don't think... She knows her history. I don't think maybe any more than a percentage of a percentage 
of Americans know the truth about the Pledge of Allegiance. No, no. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Nick. Uh, no. the, uh, I was at a uh, Chamber of Commerce meeting, and you know, some people, uh, you know, God, they, they asked some, a history question. The lady who was going to lead the pledge, she said, well, I have a trivia question. Does anybody know who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance? Just before we did it, uh, or just after, I believe, and um, no know, one raised their hand. I right? stuck my hand up. It's quick. You know, but you, you were the only one, right? I was the only one. No one, no, no one had any idea. And she's like, and, and of course she knows that she's got somebody. Um, she, she's sure that I'm going to say Francis Scott Key. So I said, Francis Bellamy. Um, he actually was a, uh, you know, he was a national socialist, and the original salute to the flag was uh, something you might recognize, m- something much more uh, used by the Nazis. And I held my hand up <laughs> like this towards the flag, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, she had no idea that I was going to come out with the correct answer. And right. Everybody Who knows? Thinks, right. Everybody thinks that it's, you know, the Star-Spangled Banner. They know that story. It's a nice story. Francis Bellamy was, you know, he was uh, he was paid by somebody, by a flag salesman who just wanted to sell more flags to come up with this idea. It stuck. 800-259-9231. Nick, did you have a comment? Before no, I was just going to say, most people don't know their history, and that, that leads them to have some misconceptions that things have always been a certain way, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, oh, the pledge is a fundamental part of being American. No, it's not. It was just made up and added on after the fact. Like, right. We had, a, we had <laughs> Americans before the pledge. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, just learning history, I, I, I generally find that people who learn history are a bit more skeptical of the state, and they, they're a bit more aware of how things tend to fall out. Right. And, you know, and I was I was listening to uh, Bill O'Reilly today, and he had said something to the effect I'm that, sorry for you. Well, you know, there's nothing else to listen to on the car radio. Yeah. Um, and he had said something to the effect that he called uh, Pat Buchanan and Ron Paul isolationists. and So wrong. You know, it's it, it's just like... Well, Buchanan kind of is. Well, Buchanan, it, Buchanan is um, an isolationist, much more so than Ron Paul. But when you start comparing... Uh, Ron Paul is a non-interventionist, not an isolationist. Right. That's much more accurate. Ron Paul believes in doing trade with everybody, but uh, not making war on people. Right. Isolation Somehow, is putting up the walls and not allowing products in or out. And, right. You know, all in the country, everything must happen here. Self-contained. Yeah, it's like incestuous. That, that is um, isolationism. And it, it, it exists. Yeah. Ron Paul's nothing like that. Isn't about that. North Korea but is somehow isolationist. Or, yeah, somehow or another, you're isolationist if you don't... Um, it, you know, if you ha- believe that you, we should bring the troops back. You mean like all the rest of the countries in the world? Are all the rest of the countries that don't have troops in other people's soil, are they isolationist, Bill? You know, these kind of accusations are just so... They're they're so easily flung out there. People don't think about them. I wonder how Bill O'Reilly and people like him will feel about uh, Ecuador wanting to build a military base here in America. How would they feel about that? He'd think it was a ludicrous idea. See, it's... But Bill, they don't want to be isolationist anymore. They but want people to, don't even they, get they out just the world. They don't look at the um, anything with a critical eye. G- generally, no. people are not looking with a critical no, eye. No, there's no critical thinking. It's whatever we do is right, and whatever everyone else does is wrong. Right. So when you look at this pledge on a global basis, uh, you know, on a global basis, no other country does one of these pledges. This would be strange if you went to the um, the you know Great Britain and you tried to pledge allegiance to the uh, the, the Union Jack or the flag of uh, of England or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, any other country, there isn't one. For one, I, I think that Australia has a citizenship pledge, but mm-hmm. they don't say it. Right, the, I think States, well, we do too. I mean, we have you know, I renounce bloody any. Allegiance to a foreign principality, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, we have one if you're going to become a citizen. But we don't <laughs> know what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Americans, they didn't even think about it. This, you know, no. We just say this pledge. And th- then you make comparisons to a country like Nazi Germany. 
with America and people, you know, they, they get crazy. Oh, are you kidding? You are? But really, you know, the nationalism is there on that level. It's, you know, there's, there's no other country that's been as nationalistic as the United States besides Nazi Germany. Mm. Yeah, well, and we this, built- is how, um, this is how it all starts. Yeah, well, we've built an empire. I mean, we had... We have an empire. Yeah, we have an empire. One that uh, that, that Hitler would have salivated over. Yeah, and now, I mean, now we talk about preemptively striking countries, which was an invention... I think it was Eisenhower said that was an invention of Hitler, and you shouldn't take anyone seriously who suggested the notion of a preemptive war. Hmm. Right, preemptive war? I mean, how do you know if a country is going to attack you? It's a war of aggression is what it is. That's exactly what it is. Which we are today. And it's damn difficult to fight a war on somebody else's soil, especially if you're trying to rebuild their country afterwards. That, that is a ridiculous notion. Oh, 1-8- yes. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. Talk to, I believe, Mac in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mac. How are you guys doing this evening? Great, Great sir. What's on your mind? I haven't talked to you in a while, but... Uh, Here you are. I, was just, I had two points. Uh, I do believe that the... Uh, uh, Civil War was fought over states' rights more than uh, yeah. slavery had anything to do with it. Absolutely, uh, Lincoln but it was the states. Food. But it was the states' rights to have slavery. Well, amongst other things, I, the states' also, right to secede was the primary was also, states' right. It, they wanted to secede because they were getting overtaxed and they right. were supplying all the raw materials for the North. Mm-hmm. Yep, they were getting they screwed were getting, all in all directions. They were getting screwed in all directions, and they said that's not, you know, North needed the materials up the South. Mac, you said you had a second point? Right. Hang on, we'll bring it back. 800-259-9231. Chris and Todd are on the line as well. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Do you believe it about the, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance? It actually was written by a Nazi. It's a shocker, isn't it? That's no conspiracy theory. It's the truth. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. Sacle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the features are free. And if you like the show, you can help support Free Talk Live by going and bidding on our banner auction happening right now. It is for the second banner on the website, and you'll get it site pretty much site-wide. Uh, go to auction.freetalklive.com to place your bid. Uh, you can you know, promote your favorite band or your business or Ron Paul, your favorite organization. Whatever you want to promote, it's, well, pretty much whatever. We, we reserve the right to refuse if it's like some racist website. Uh, but otherwise, pretty much anything goes. Auction.freetalklive.com. Dot com place yo bid as we go back to the phones and back to Mac in Montana listening on KGEZ. Mac, you said you had a second point tonight. Yeah, well, well I had thir- uh, one more point and one more question. All right, go. Uh, actually, the question is more important. Um, if we look back to World War II and to uh, Nazis and the you know Nazi Germans and and you look at their allies, the Nazis' allies. How many of those allies do we now surround ourselves with uh, at this time as we lose our freedoms today? I'm not sure. Are you talking about the countries? Yes. Well, quite a few of them, but I mean, admittedly, the the governments of those countries have changed. I mean, Spain is no longer... Now, now, let's think about it. How many of those countries have literally changed to the point that they're not actually trying to 
financially destroy us. So you look at uh, uh, I would Mexico, say all of them. Look at Mexico, send, uh, you know, teaching all their kids that America is uh, Mexico's country. Me- uh, Mexico was uh, Mexico a, a, was an Axis country. It was not an Axis country. So. <laughs> I mean, they, in World War One, they they there was some dealings with them, but that was more between us and Mexico than. It just kind of uh, happened actually, at the same time. in World War II, they had the, um, uh, um, what do you say, the uh, oh, Treaty of, uh, they had a treaty with uh, uh, Nazi Germany uh, in World War II uh, to attack uh, in California and stuff like that. I mean. Mexico uh, did? I, Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing it, um, and that's why I'm asking you the question. Yeah, well, there was a there was a I forget the name of the telegram. It's a very famous telegram. My recollection was it was World War One, um, and it was it was supposedly a communique between Germany and Mexico when we were getting involved in World War One that said Mexico had agreed to invade. Um, I believe that was a false flag. Uh, my understanding was that that has pretty much come out. Um, there's a historical consensus that it was a fake somebody um, else to, allow, to permit us to cross the border because we were having some problems on the border and the U.S. Army actually um, did cross into Mexico at about the same time. So, but, but, but it, it, it was kind of a, it was it was more of a deception by the government than than a not, real threat. Not the, uh, some of the Arab countries that we back nowadays and say Kosovo. Uh, the uh, Arabs that took over Kosovo didn't they also uh, back uh, Hitler? Uh, no, they. I mean, largely they were British. So the only reason they backed uh, Germany and the Axis powers was because they they wanted to be liberated from the British. They didn't like the Brits. I mean, yeah, but admittedly, a lot of things have changed. Russia was our ally sure. at the time. We went through a Cold War, and we're still kind of tense with them. I mean. We considered China to be, you know, one of the free countries of the world at the I'd time. I'd like to say I'm not included in any of these we's. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't know anybody well, in those I, countries, and I don't have any agreements Well, we're with dealing them. with national history, right. so yes, it's I difficult. understand. Well, and and that's what, that's, that was my question. That was my question. I see the same, I see the same people back, you know, 60 years ago um, that are now on our side, and our government now seems to be... Going down the same line as fascist Germany. Oh, I see what he's saying. He's pointing yeah. out that okay, so there's a similar similar point between what we're doing or what the American yeah. government is doing and what Nazi Germany what might have done. And look, the same allies the, are there. Same, and we've got the same allies yeah. that Nazi Germany had back then. It's an interesting observation, but you know, as Nick yeah. pointed out, the people have changed, and right. so it's like I mean, saying that Afghanistan as a country is somehow the same as it was 50 years ago, and that's not necessarily. No, I, but I understand the ideas. Don't I think put Afghanistan in there. Don't put Afghanistan in there. Afghanistan has always been for Afghanistan. Never been defeated in the history of Afghanistan, and that's the way that America should be. It should uh, we shouldn't be enta- entangled with these alliances around the world. And it's it's sad that the people that were running this government in the you know the 20th century uh, decided to do that and ignore the the advice of the founding fathers. I think we'd uh, a lot more we'd be a lot more prosperous today if we'd never gotten involved in uh, either of those world wars and the other wars that have have come after them. A lot more people would be alive and and producing the economy than uh, you know. They're dead. The, his, the history, the history says that all, all the powers that be had to drag us back. Both, both world wars, they had to drag us in with other wars to keep the system breaking down, which we've 
come to this fruition today. Mm. And I thank you guys for letting me talk to you. Sure, thanks, Mac. We appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. So he's pointing out that uh, that they wanted to get into the wars to bring the bring the country into kind of a negative state, basically, to where the government can bail us out and save us again. That sort well, of thing. and part, I mean, partly I think um, war profit was part of the driving factor for World War One, which was really the start of all our problems, because World War One created World War Two. It absolutely which did. Created, I, which created conditions for the Cold War. I mean, it all really stems from one thing. We just haven't extricated ourselves, and we keep branching out into new arenas of conflict. It's just so hard for Americans to say, we can just step back and we'll survive. Well, at this right. point, we, um, we've we've been born. There's nobody alive. There's no generation alive that hasn't been through some kind of major conflict. And what that brings in people, uh, a lot of people, is this sort of rah rah team thing. Right. You know, we're gonna win. It's it's like like Americans have to fight wars. Right. We something. have to fight wars because there's there's countries out there that want to fight us. Darn it. And we gotta we gotta get out there and and show them that we're Americans and we can't be beat. And there's this kind of weird tribal team thing. You can't say anything bad about our troops because then you're anti-American. Whoa! <laughs> Are you... What? Are you kidding me? This is a uh, this is a country founded by people who were, uh, you know, speaking about liberty and that kind of thing. I don't have to be your lockstep um, you know, yes man in order to be a good American. Mm-hmm. That's What kind of sick statement is that? And really people support... A, a lot of people are supporting it just based on you know, the red, white, and blue patriotism, things they don't even understand, like Absolutely. a religion. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's been about a hundred years of maybe not constant peak conflict, but we've had, it's been about a hundred years where we've been involved somewhere or other most of the time. And at this point, I think we're just not going to be able to afford it anymore. I think we're we're finally seeing a point where China and other nations that aren't spending all their money and time fighting and that they're actually producing goods and services are going to blow us out of the water economically here in the right. next and few years. Right, and they're benefiting. Each one of those nations is benefiting off of our military because we are keeping peace around the world in a, in a, in a, a great deal. I don't deal. know if that's the case. I don't know. I mean, China I China doesn't benefit from our military. They're one of the principal people it's built to fight. And I think you could argue that the uh, <laughs> U.S. Try, military doesn't keep peace but instead instigates things. Try to uh, get yourself a nice, good-sized boat and try pirating on the high seas and see who comes and, and uh, takes care of you. I mean, it uh, used to be a real problem. Well, partly... Piracy is actually on the rise in some parts yeah, of the world. Yeah, sure. Mean, that's where if, we're not. If we're, if we're around in international waters, most of the time... But we have the most coast, boats. But most of the time, it's your Navy. Yeah, we're not... I guess we keep shipping lanes open, but there's really not a huge threat to shipping like there used to be. Um, no, there there isn't. But not, for one thing, it's died down because you know piracy hasn't had the opportunity to advance in the same way shipping has. The, if we hadn't have stopped it, and you know now we keep it at bay. Yeah, I, we stifle it. I think we've probably instigated a lot of conflicts that could have otherwise. I'm not, not been saying. Grenada, look, I am not saying Panama. for a second that our military doesn't <laughs> cause problems. I'm saying those countries, their um, their Europe economies has. benefit. Yes benefit greatly from our military that's currently out there. If China if China had to have its own navy in order to protect its own ships, which we definitely don't want because we don't want China to have a navy, right. um, then, you know, th- it, it would cost more for their products. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I absolutely agree that, yes, we've kept Europe, we've done their military spending for them, and taxpayers in the United States have also paid for North Korea, uh, South Korea's defense. Right, it's rather. just impoverishing it's, us. It's, yeah, but and, I don't see... 
why it, it makes any sense for us to spend our money to defend them and no. bolster their economy. It, it right. Yeah. It, really, then they can just uh, run their little socialist paradises into the ground by uh, giving all kinds of uh, programs to their Well, that's uh, what I'm curious about. I mean, Nick, you said that you think it's going to all... I mean, they're going to keep spending. We can't afford it. We know that, uh, that the United States government can't afford to keep doing this, or at least the economy can't afford to keep supporting it. But I don't think that's going to stop them from continuing to, you know churn out the money and send it over to the well, military industrial complex. eventually when they can't conference. buy gas, it'll stop it. That's, I see. I mean, that's where I think eventually It'll get so bad that... And I'm not saying tomorrow we're going to wake up and the dollar's going to crash, but I yeah. do think that the dollar is in a decline and that if we continue this course of spending, we'll, we'll be in very rough financial shape. D2Z will come up with some reasons why the dollar <laughs> will crash tomorrow. <laughs> one 800 You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour number three is on the way, and anything goes, uh, whether it be your calls or we talk about a couple of people that were arrested for trying to pay for their ice cream with silver. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls and start with Chris in Indianapolis. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I was wondering give you guys a tv update uh tv the world of television what what's going on in tv land i don't subscribe to tv so well uh, yeah i I used to not listen to or watch tv either but now i I got i'm stealing cable and uh um, excellent (laughs) what's going on lately uh is you know that 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 videotape that that guy found out in the desert yeah the the uh, porno tape the the child porn found yeah, out they, the desert uh, and kept for four months and then sort of showed around to some friends and then took it to the cops. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, what happened really, but... Uh, Me either! <laughs> Hello? I think we just lost him. Maybe he'll call back. See, that was the cable company who was calling over his VoIP line. They found out what was up. <laughs> Let's talk to Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Todd. Todd. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. What's on your mind? Hey, um, you know, Mark, I, I just wanted to comment earlier about what you said about uh, trick-or-treating. This is a couple of quick points here. but Sure. Mark, I, I, had, I, I had previously said uh, that essentially I'm offended when uh, young males come to my door with uh, yeah. really poorly put-together costumes and a big yeah. giant garbage bag and a 5 yeah. o'clock shadow and ask for candy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really don't have a problem with trick-or-treating, but I totally uh, concur with you. I think it's really silly that... These boys come up to your door and they expect that you give them some kind of candy and and you would think that they've sort of outgrown that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. in yeah. their own mind's eye, they haven't really. So I think it's really silly. I, I don't know if they even think that they've outgrown it. They, I, I think they're just hustlers. Hey, I'm going to go out and get some candy. It's free. I've got right. nothing better to do. It's either that well, you or know, I, I beat up little problem. old ladies. Well, I don't have a problem with trick-or-treating, but I think... To be quite honest, and um, it's gotten pretty overrated and over-commercialized, but, um, especially when it comes to Halloween. But that's exactly, you know... When else do you ha- trick-or-treat? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, you, <laughs> you said it's over commercialized and uh, that you know trick or treating is is gone out of control. I mean, you only trick or treat on back in. I understand. <laughs> now, wait, wait, hasn't Halloween always been commercialized? I mean, haven't they always sold costumes at least in the last several decades? Well, they have, but I think it's um, I, I think it's gotten a little bit too cliched in some respects, at, at least how I see it. But I, then again, you know, I, I would agree with you, but there's nothing really that Halloween's about besides that. With Christmas, you can say Christmas is about getting together with your family and friends and the holiday well, spirit. It, Halloween's just really about um, you know extorting uh, candy <laughs> from old people and uh, dressing up. You know, I mean, some people what, go to parties. What's the holiday? What what is the Halloween spirit? <laughs> Yeah, it, well, it, well, it had I mean, religious traditions, but in America, that's kind of, it's all about the candy. Well, remember, it's a, it's basically an old pagan holiday that's supposed to be about, you know, saying goodbye to your loved ones. But the, and then nowadays, it's sort of like, well, um, let me see if, how much candy can I get. And you know what really gets me is whenever you hear these authoritarians going around saying, well, we got to check the candy to see if there's any razor blades or poison stuff in there. Like that's Urban ever death. happened. Urban like ever happened. Right. right. Yeah. And another thing, too, um, um, back in the 80s, I don't know if you guys heard about this, um, Devil's Night. Tonight is Devil's Night here in Michigan. And back in the 80s, it used, there used to be a lot of fires yeah. in, the, in the Detroit area. But yeah. nowadays, it's sort of pretty much become non-existent. Yeah, the, all the people in Detroit have left, so there's no fires anymore. Yeah, so <laughs> it's funny. I mean, um, it's funny that, that, that you know, you, you kind of wonder um, exactly what, uh, where have, uh, else have they gone to actually start fires right in their, in their neck of the woods. Yeah, so. they have, you have to have the right uh, combination of people together to, to, to really get into it, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Todd, thanks for the call, man. Good hearing from you. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So tomorrow night, we're going to be live. Uh, it's going to be Halloween, and uh, we'll be here doing our show, as always. Um, I think Wayne's not going to be here, so it's going to be you and I, Mark. Just you and uh, And I. I, I inevitably, I always look for, every single year, there's certain things I look for every year in the news, um, You know, whether it be <laughs> Halloween or Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving holiday, that sort of thing. Uh, I always love to find the Halloween story about the Christian haunted houses. Yeah. I love those stories. <laughs> I've been to one of those. Um, and Did they try to save you? Well, damn right they did. Um, you know, that's that. Some churches, that's really their thing. You know, they they want people to get uh, you know salvation and come to Jesus. I don't know, really. Some of them sort of fall off after that. They're not very good at. They're good at bringing you to the altar and not really good at doing anything else with you. Um, but yeah, the, I, I saw one and it was creepy. So I, I, I just always amused by the people that uh, they want to change Halloween, and there's these yeah. other sto- the stories about the kids, you know, the parents that pull their kids out of school because they're having a Halloween party, and the, some, I love those stories. So if, some, you, uh, if you find those stories, send them to me at the uh, the show prep email. Some address. schools won't even uh, allow any pagan references during Halloween. You can't w- dress up as a witch or right. um, a skeleton. Now, or if it's a ghost. private school, that's fine. You know, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, that's fine. But I went to a private school. It's a pagan holiday. It really is. <laughs> I went to a private school. They they allowed us to dress up as uh, you know Star Wars and princesses and you know whatever else they mm-hmm. uh, dress dressed up as. That's good because it's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, so we'll definitely hit that harder tomorrow night. Anyway, if you find that those stories, send them on in case I don't run across them. But I will do my best to uh, to find them. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's try Chris again. I think he's still there. Chris in Indianapolis. Uh, you were telling us something, and then something really weird happened to your line. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the um, the uh, the guy that um, found the tape 
the... Right, the child porn tape that was found in the desert. Okay. What yeah, about yeah, it? yeah. Um, well, anyway, they had it on the news. They found the guy who was in the tape. Allegedly, like yes. Right. And uh, it, it's like, they only showed, they showed like part of the actual tape itself. And it's kind of strange because it didn't look like the same guy, but, they, you know, they showed him and then they showed his, his mug shot. And the really weird thing is that this guy looks... Like a child rapist. I mean, he just has that child rapist look to him. Huh? Well, had, like, Chester the molester. Did, he, yeah, he really did look like, like if you saw this guy, you'd think, oh, child, you know, child rapist or really? whatever. He looked really, really weird. Interesting. But anyway, that's that's that. And uh, the other thing is, have, did you guys see um, the Iranian president? Uh, Ahmadinejad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? Did you see him go to the uh, college and have a speech? The one where he said that there's no gays in uh, Iran? Yeah. I yeah. did not see the speech. I mean, I read That's the story the about That's the funniest it. damn thing I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> no, this awesome. room full of, uh, you know, effete liberals, if you can uh, use such a word. I don't even know um, precisely what it means, but I'm sure a lot of them would have self-identified as a liberal. And then you say, well, we don't really have gay people in Iran. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> we yeah, killed them. They all started laughing at him. <laughs> Was that all you were just asking if we'd seen that? Oh, well, I'm just... Uh, oh, also, baseball season is finally over. Hooray! Yes, it is. Yeah, so no more, no more terrible baseball. I'm and so no happy. <laughs> I don't pay attention to sports, and Chris, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. I don't pay any attention to sports. I've enjoyed the uh, World Series, uh, uh, and, and you know, I've watched the Red Sox uh, win the last few few games. Why are you here. laughing? I, I enjoy watching the, the drunken, crazy fans afterwards, after they won the... Uh, their the league championship, uh, mm-hmm. the Red Sox did. You can it's up on YouTube. Keene State College had a had a riot. There was a riot here in Keene. Uh, it wasn't really a riot. It was like 500 drunk kids running around the campus. Um, Going they, woo. They chanted "f the police" towards the the cop cars. Burned a dumpster. Some other broke a window. You know they. What is the and point then of they that? Maced people. Um, I don't know. Why but, do Why but do sports Boston fans? Red Sox fans particularly? I found are are very. They do that. When the team wins or loses, no, it, it can't just be the the Red Sox no, it's fans. No, because I've seen it for soccer. I've you, seen it for uh, you know other is, sporting events. The, the the fans are just really really drunk, and then the, whether their team wins or loses, they want to go and burn stuff and uh, destroy things. <laughs> so what ne- is the point of this? Yeah, Shouldn't never, you be happy? Yeah, I've never understood the the correlation between. Yay, we won a, a sports game, and let's go flip a car. Let's, let's just destroy just, something in our in our <laughs> section of town. Yeah, it's let's destroy our own city. So. I always thought it was just an excuse for people to act like jerks. I, I, I suspect that's, that's exactly well. There's certainly a mob mentality factor where right. if you're with a with a group of people and one person starts acting out, it can encourage others to because they're you know this anonymous mob. But what is the what is the mentality that encourages that in the first place? I mean, how does that come to happen? What are the thoughts going through their mind when they decide to you know flip a car over or you know throw a Molotov cocktail in the middle <laughs> of the street? Really? Can you explain that to me? 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Roger's on the line. Your call's as well. Somebody's on the amp line, and uh, we'll talk to you about anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. There's a quarter of a million posts, actually more than that at this point, on our bulletin board system. You can surf around and get interactive with our listeners and some of the Free Talk Live crew over at bbs.freetalklive.com. It's free, of course. That's bbs. 
freetalklive.com and Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we go to the phones and to the fun. You bring up anything, it's Roger in California listening on KSCO. Hey, Roger. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. Good. I just What's... wanted to call Mark. Hey, that was a great interview I got on the website today. You had you had it in some paper back there? Yeah, they, uh, it made a couple of papers from what I understand. You know, i got to say, it's mortifying. I, I'm i so embarrassed and uncomfortable with, uh, with with it. I think it was a great article. and It was a front-page feature article on this, uh, the, in the Sunday Keen Sentinel. That's the place that we live in. It's available on the front page of our website right now, freetalklive.com. And what, what mortified you about it? I, I was really, it, For me, it really was really interesting because there was a lot of parallels that, I mean, you know, being a listener to the radio show, we don't get to hear a lot about you. And it, it was just really interesting to hear some of your past and how you were able to come up and out of situations like that. Yeah, you know, I had uh, spent some time in prison myself. And for I the people that don't know, I, I spent for the people that don't know, I spent nine years in prison for murder. And uh, you know, I, I can't really talk too much about it on the air because of the Son of Sam laws. Um, you know, as far as the specifics of the case, but I can talk about everything else. Um, you know, I guess what bothers me is I, just being so far out on Front Street like that. Just, it, it, I'm, I'm, I feel very exposed, and I, I feel like when I walk around and go places that people might be thinking things about me. I don't know. That's that's really well, what I feel. I, I'll get used to it, but you, you've had sort of a, an interesting career arc. I mean, at least on the radio, as far as what what you um, what you have had revealed about yourself is concerned. In the very beginning, you were known as Manwich on right, the show. You very hidden. You were somebody else entirely. Nobody knew who your re, uh, real name was for many many years on this show up until what two years ago, maybe. Yeah. And then we changed your name to Mark because, uh, well, of financial considerations by the network's par- um, part, they wanted you to change it to. Your real name, so we did that, and then eventually uh, somebody came out and outed your past uh, publicly on our bulletin board system about a year ago, I would say, and it, since then it's been public knowledge, but it's never really been picked up, and nobody's ever really published anything about it. Right, it's outside just sort of, of, our, of an in-show thing. Right, outside of our Wikipedia entry or something like that. And so now it's a front-page article, and it really is the biggest it's ever been. And so that, that's sort of what you're recoiling from. Not that and it was a bad article. It was a great article. It's just that you don't like the, uh, the attention that you get. And likely at this point, now I'm pigeonholed to some extent. Likely, um, you know, whenever... As a criminal. Well, whenever I get something written about me from here on out, um, they're gonna, you know, the reporter's going to go out and do yeah, some research, gonna and they're going to say... that comes out first. Right. Talk show host and convicted murderer, Mark Edgington... <laughs> Da 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 says such and such so yeah. and so. I mean, those are my, those are the facts about me at this point. Forget the fact that I've you know worked my butt off. I've earned um, lots of money. I you know I, I own years three ago. cars. I I got a couple of houses. You know, forget that I take good care of my wife. I've got a baby on the way. All these things that I've done very very well. Um, you know, some fact about that occurred you know um, in my life twenty years ago right, is when what you were defines, 17. defines me. Well, you know, you got to look at too the people that that. Um, respect you for your beliefs mm-hmm. and what you are now. It's, that doesn't really matter to you anyways. Yeah. And there, in my situation, it actually kind of notched up a little bit of respect for you because of, I mean, I've come from a similar background, too. I spent 10 years in the prison system Ooh, out here in California. That's a good myself. stretch. What'd you, what were you so, in for? Um, well, 
it was drugs at the beginning, and then it was other things towards the end. Hmm. So you stayed uh, in for because I'm not really proud of some theft and stuff like that that I'm not really proud of. But I, I understood. I mean, you know, I'm I'm certainly not proud of my past either. I I'm, I wouldn't embrace it. Um, but now, were you in prison and you got charged with more crimes? You said at the end. Um, oh, no, is it 10 I, years I total? In, no, and I did four different prison terms. Gotcha. You're trying to do life on the installment plan. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but good for I, you for turning I around. I four years ago, and I've been out ever since, and I discharged my number, my parole, parole number in July. Excellent. You know how hard – I mean, that's even that's an even bigger task than what I did. It's one – the statistics for a guy who goes in – who gets essentially convicted for one thing, one time, and uh, turning his life around, you know, pretty good, somewhere in the 40, 50, 60 percent range. For a guy who's got – multiple convictions, multiple um, different times he goes to prison, he's almost almost always going to go in and out of prison for the rest of his life. So good for you for um, you know turning it around. That's tough stuff. And, and much like you, I met somebody that just, that just changed my life. You know, they just pretty much, and it was like one conversation actually for me, mm-hmm. and I don't think the guy really knew what he did. Really? Well, tell me about the you conversation. Know, it was... It was really, it was really good. It was just Tell- a conversation sitting on our. We were sitting in prison on our bunks, talking across the, the aisle, mm-hmm. and it just changed my conversation. So, my was life. it fellow prisoner? Yeah, tell me what it was like. Um, well, he was he was an older guy. He was like sixty five, seventy years old almost. Uh-huh. And I'm forty. I was like probably thirty six then, thirty five. Right. And I kind of, I really respected this guy. I mean, he was a convict. Right. You know the type. He sure, was a convict, sure. but I kind of respected him for his beliefs. And, you know, he just told me, if, if, I, you're me if you don't stop this right now. Yeah. yeah. And that was, I, I was on a, I was on a violation at the time. They were trying to send me back. And that was the first time I had ever beat a parole violation in my life, and I haven't been back in since. Well, mm. congratulations, Roger, and thanks for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. I think that most people... I think that most I, I hope that most people will see that story and, and see it as a positive one. I, um, I think most people do. You know, it's going to be largely my detractors are going to use that in the best uh, manner that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's not going to be I've I've essentially disarmed them as best I can. Some people out there are still going to say, "Well, he's a convicted murderer." Mm-hmm. And what? Like, there's nothing right. to say after that. Well, those people believe that because you were in jail or because you're a criminal at one time, then you are a criminal for all of the rest of your life and you should be treated as such. And those people, right. something's wrong with those well, people. Even if they're right or wrong, they're impractical. The fact is, I served my time. I am now out of prison. Do you think the only thing that I should be allowed to do is dig holes on the side of the road? That's the only thing I'm good for? Well, I'm sorry. I'm free now. You've, you've got a completely impractical opinion. And it doesn't, you know... It, it's Right. Maybe they should be angry at the system. I mean, because you did what the system wanted you to do, right? Whether, whether it's the right system or not, right. and we, th- we think the system could I absolutely could think it. there's something wrong with it. And, right. you know, I, I don't like convicts generally. Um, you know, I think that it, people can turn around, and uh, the last caller was um, a good example. But, you know, I spent a lot of time around convicts, and I don't think they're that great of folks, generally. Right. 
But it seems like people that would be upset at you for being, you know, for having this past are really just upset at the system for, A, letting you out in the first place so you can go and make a better life for yourself, or, B, they're just jealous because you've made a better life for yourself and it upsets them. Well, you know? or, or they dislike my political opinions, or they dislike my arrogance, or they dislike something about me, and that this, um, you know... This is just the icing on the cake. Well, well the, the, this conviction thing's a great thing to use. It's a, it's a good lever. It sounds good, but it, it's, it's hollow. It has no, uh, it, it has no force. To it, I've turned my life around. So what? Yeah, you should be congratulated for that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Also, to the to your detractors. I mean, were they the same people twenty years ago? No. Who? I is? know I wasn't the same person five years ago. You can bring up anything. This is your show. You take control. Free talk live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. We've got live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on the Lauren Canario situation. Lauren Canario, who is a friend of ours that was arrested for not showing her papers uh, to the police on the side of the road. She's now been held for over four weeks without an arraignment. What's the latest? Well, uh, four or five things as of yesterday. Uh, first of all, there's now been four mainstream media articles, including an editorial in the Nashua Telegraph. Uh, the coverage in the press has been mixed. Uh, to, you know, mostly relatively fair, but also some unfair stuff. Uh, popular reaction is largely negative, mm-hmm. as best I can tell. Right. The, uh, uh, the slaves on the plantation, they don't like it when one of the other slaves starts acting like uh, that, that, that he or she is free. They, they get very upset about that. Correct. Uh, but, you know, for me, there's always this issue of proportion. You know, is it really justified to hold it that long? And the the other concern is that I don't believe she's been allowed to shower these four weeks. That's got to be rough. Yeah, we don't have any. I don't know. Has anybody heard from Lauren? Because she sent some letters out about two weeks in, and I don't know if anybody's heard anything else since then. So right, it's possible that you know something's happened since then. I called uh, the jail superintendent and asked him to do an interview with me for the Riddler report, mm-hmm. and he never called me back. <laughs> Imagine I also that. Called him I called him a few other times and left messages and numbers, and I've also called the judge and the um, police chief, asked them to do interviews, and they, they failed to, re- to respond. Funny um, how that is. Right, yeah, that's that's typical. But again, that's very, I mean, that's, in a way, it's interesting to know that they failed to respond. I mean, that's, failing to respond on their part, you know, does as much harm to them as responding would do. If they feel like responding is dangerous, then 
they're, they're endangering their reputation just as much by not responding. I think so. I think, it, though, it, you have to definitely make sure that people become aware of the fact that they aren't responding, and that's something you're doing uh, over at your Ridley Report. You did report on that, uh, I think, over the past week. Uh, and, again, that's RidleyReport.com. Great sort of window into the, the world of activism here in New Hampshire. I highly recommend people uh, take a look at that. Yeah. So what else? Um, the uh, other thing with Lauren, let's see, her husband filed a writ of habeas corpus, I believe, yesterday. <clears throat> I don't know what's happened with that yet. What, is that? what, is what does that, that mean? I read it, so can you give us a summary? What's that essentially mean? I am not an expert on habeas corpus by any definition. I, essentially, I you have to bring the body of evidence. I mean, you know, show me what the case is against this person. Something like that. Right. <clears throat> but they're saying that since she declined to walk off the bus when they drove the bus up to her court arraignment, well, she's waived her right to arraignment, and we're not going to have an arraignment, and we're just going to hold her indefinitely. So this is this sort of essential life sentence for driving without a license. Or driving yeah, and that's effectively license. what it is. I mean, we all think that eventually they're going to turn her loose, but we just don't know when. I mean, she's been held uh, when she was down in New London. She was also held for just months, and they just ended up just cutting her loose one day. And so maybe that'll happen here, hopefully sooner rather than later. But until they do that, she could be there forever. I don't know about that you know, filing. I, I hate to, um, you know, uh, Monday morning quarterback this or whatever, and uh, because you know you never know what the right thing is to do. But the last thing that I would do is halfway play their game, you know. And and the filing of the habeas corpus might, in some ways, be halfway playing their game. You know, well, they know what to do with a habeas corpus writ. We bury it in paper and ignore it as long as we can, and then we may have some kind of big fabricated response well, that's either good or bad. They don't have to ignore it. They have charges. They can. Say, here's the charges, here's the evidence. They have a case. <laughs> yeah, so they I, don't have to bury it. They, they, they absolutely send. do. But, I mean, you know, they, they, ha- they have a plan for habeas corpus. They don't really have a plan for somebody like Lauren Canario who's who refusing to participate, walk into court, who won't speak to them, who stares at them when they, um, you know, who's been in jail for a month now, who stares at them um, like they're insane whenever they come and ask her if she, if she wants an arraignment. They don't they do not know what to do with her. And at some point, I would think that they would try to get this, um, you know, this woman who just doesn't react in a way that they expect away from them right now dave do you know has anybody actually contacted them specifically about why they haven't done the arraignment uh that should well that's a question i will add to my list of questions okay because i know uh if i get a return call i'll probably be you know bothering them some more to try and get them to talk to me what were you saying nick well because i i was i when i heard about the fact that they hadn't arraigned her i considered calling the courthouse, but I'm not sure whether Lauren will want me to call them, because I'm pretty sure whether she walks off the bus or not, um, in New Hampshire, she's constitutionally guaranteed an arraignment within 24 hours. But if, mm. so I was kind of had a dilemma, should I call them and say, you need to give her the arraignment, because I'm pretty sure they do, or well, do I not do that, because it's... I don't think, you know, I don't oh, think Lauren... Oh, oh, oh. Go ahead. Activity is good. I mean, in, you know, very, there, with very few exceptions, all activity is good. Right. Lauren doesn't want you to go and bail her out, but she would never sign the bail paperwork anyway, even if you went and tried to do that. So really, there's only so much that you can do that's going to affect her. I don't right. think that you that would be negative at all. And, yeah, and, and uh, Lauren will – she won't take action herself, but she seems to take it when other people do it. So I, I don't think that that's – a problem. She wants to create, you know, to stir the pot, and you know that's what she's getting. As long as she doesn't have to compromise herself, you know, morally, I don't think it really would bother her. 
Right, she can't control you, so right. I don't think she'd be upset. If you, if you were acting in what you thought was her best interest or doing what you thought was right, I can't see why she would be upset at you for okay. it. Okay, well, maybe they'll get a call from me. Dave, any other uh, updates? Anything else uh, you needed to communicate? Uh, nothing else I can think of off the top of my head. Well, as always, uh, keep up the good work. Will you be out on uh, the 5th to cover the V-Mask protest at Lawrence Jail? Planning to. Excellent. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll I'm not sure if I'll cover it. I'll probably just participate. Oh man, that's that's going to make a great Ridley report. Please cover that because I can't make it out. I'll be I'll be so sad if I can't see any video footage from that. Well, I right now I just cover things that happen in the daytime. I have extremely cheap gear and it doesn't do very well at night. Oh yeah, so that's I get right. A, a better camera. I won't uh, I won't shoot nighttime stuff. Good point. And I guess it'll be getting dark because it's a, like a five o'clock protest. So it'll probably start to get dark at that point. Well, anyway, consider it because I think it'll be a great visual image. In case uh, people don't know, what's happening is on the 5th of November, which, of course, Sky Fox Day, V for Vendetta and everything, uh, the activists in the Manchester area are going to be getting together at Lauren's jail dressed up as V or dressed in the Guy Fox, uh, Guy Fox masks in order to, you know, protest for Lauren's release. So I, th- I think it'll be a great visual, and if you can, it would be awesome. Dave, thanks for the call, as always. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I can't go, because it's across the state, and we got to do a show. Yeah, I always found it funny that in England, they burn Guy Fox in effigy. <laughs> He's really? actually a villain in England. Oh, yeah. Well, he tried to blow up Parliament and kill the king. Uh, queen. And that's bad? Because so every of, guy oh, yeah, he, was, he, was a, he was a militant Catholic, is why he was doing it. It wasn't really for freedom. So oh, the I Anglicans see. and the Protestants there... Don't like him because he tried to kill the king. Let's talk to Dan <laughs> in Michigan. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. What's on your mind? Um, well, I wanted to talk more about Lauren's situation. Um, I think what I personally think what they're doing is right, and I agree with uh, what Mike was saying yesterday that they have offered her her arraignment and she chooses not to take it. They can't make. No, her that's not what she's done. She, she, no, she, that's she didn't choose anything. She didn't choose to be there in the first place. And they put her in a jail cell and they carried her on to the uh, to the uh, to the truck. They just wouldn't take her off of it. So it's not that she's choosing anything. She's just choosing not to talk to them. That's all. Well, no, but they've also uh, they say you, you guys said yesterday they've offered her many times while she's been in jail. They've offered her arraignment many times. Right. They want her to get up and voluntarily walk into that courtroom. They want her to consent to their process. And for some reason, they can't just take her in there on their own like they did down in Connecticut. Why is that? I don't know why that is. Why can't they haul her into the court and have their little arraignment, which, of course, she won't speak at. They'll just arraignment. She'll be in the court, and then she'll be arraigned, and she can move on. But they won't do it. But she's also been given the opportunity to take it. Oh, yes. Certainly she's been given the opportunity. I I would say that, in my opinion, they should just give her the arraignment, haul her into the court, do the arraignment. Get, they're get supposed to by they, the Constitution. They, are, they don't have a problem. The whole situation would just go away. They don't have a problem yeah. hauling her everywhere else. It's just into the courtroom. For whatever reason, they won't do it because they need some level of consent. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free if you like the show, then AMP up. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and join the Amplifier program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month and we take it in and turn it around into getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations. 
spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if it's valuable to you, if you, you think what we're doing here is valuable, head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only chat room, uh, the AMP-only forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. And speaking of the AMP-only call-in line, let's go to Matt on that line in Illinois. Hey, Matt. Hi, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? A uh, couple of quick observations. First off, um, according to Snopes, the uh, myth of razor blades and pins and needles and candy is true. It's true. What? It's true. I think... uh, this guy did 80, 89 cases since 1959, something like that. So most of them were hot hoaxes. Uh, there was a couple that were real of a stranger doing it, and the others were usually all siblings playing jokes on their little brothers. I think, yeah, I had heard that it happened a couple of times. It's rare. I mean, I well, think... I mean, you know, if you give somebody the idea, sooner or later Someone they're going to try it. Yeah. But um, generally, it doesn't happen. And no. the scariest right. thing is, um, is is a new idea, like the Tylenol cyanide scan, uh, scam, or not scam, but I mean the, the killings in uh, the mid-80s where they put cyanide in the Tylenol. You know, that catches you completely by surprise. An adult can pretty much figure out, you know, somebody who knows what they're doing can pretty much figure out whether there's a razor blade in the candy or an apple <laughs> or something like that. You can yeah. inspect it, and I think most of it was needles, needles and pins. Interesting. More than more than razor blades. The other thing I have, uh, I wanted to know, and I wanted to ask this of Mark. Yes. I know you said you don't like it when seventeen-year-old boys, when seventeen-year-old males come to your door. How about females? You know, I, I got no problem with that. Um, you know, Even if they aren't dressed up? Yeah, it doesn't really bother. It wouldn't, wouldn't bother me. What? Why is that? But, but, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're just as old. Aren't, aren't you more interested in girls, seeing... Why can girls you, go out trick-or-treating, but boys can't? Aren't you more, more interested in seeing uh, uh, young, attractive women than you are boys? Yeah, but if I was a woman answering the door, I wouldn't be. Really? There's a point there, yeah. yeah no, I, I think women are just as disgusted by teenage boys as men are. Yeah, women like women, too. You I know? think you just <laughs> Not my wife, boy. She, 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 you know, she gets a kick out of uh, young teenage boys that are out dressed up as... Uh, as uh, vampires and wolf men and stuff like that. Well, I think go. Mark was talking about the, the ones that don't get dressed up. Yeah, mo- mostly that's my biggest problem is people that just don't make much of an effort at all. But, you know, young girls, I'm not going to hold the same standard. That. But you did you did emphasize seventeen year old males. Oh, I, I I'm I'm telling you that I'm being sexist about it. Yeah, okay. I'm being clear. You really seem to hate male teenagers. I don't like them. I like them more than I like homeless people, though. <laughs> I, I am a male teenager too. <laughs> Just barely, and you know. You don't fit my qualifications, and that's how bigotry is. People make uh, some kind of uh, blanket statement <laughs> about a group, and then they make exceptions for their, and friends. then they make exceptions for the people that they like. You know, <laughs> people. That's that's how bigots are. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, if he didn't know you, Nick, he probably wouldn't like you. No, probably not. <laughs> well, I, you know, those I give them all the equal chance, the equal equal shake, and it doesn't bother me at all. That's Who fair. Comes to my door, I don't care if a like like Ian said, if a 35 or 36-year-old man comes to my door trick-or-treating, it doesn't bother me. I'll give him just as much uh, cra- crappy candy as anybody else. <laughs> that would bother me. Actually, I didn't do the me. candy this year, and I didn't last year either. Matt, thanks for the call. Uh, it's it's just because you're you're entirely uninvolved in it. No, 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 no. You didn't let me finish. I did the Doritos. I got the little bags of Doritos because I wanted to be different. I wanted to have something a little nicer than uh, than the candy because everybody gives out candy. So I figured I'd go with the, you know a little one ounce or point seven five ounce 
bag of Doritos. Yeah, and but your whole system, you just don't care about um, the, the the interaction with the other person. You don't care whether they dressed up. You don't even care to see them. You you want to put your Doritos out there as your offering to the the uh, the Halloween <laughs> gods, and, so that no one will egg your house, and you want to be left alone. And it's uh, well, I have a show to do. We can't have little kids banging on the door all night long. I know. And if I asked you whether you would do that anyway. You won't give me a fair answer, because, but you like the fact that you don't have to deal with that. There, I don't think there's been an. There, I don't think there has been a Halloween where I have been home and been available to actually do that in See, my adult life. I specifically have done that. I, you know, I've gone home as a. You know, twenty and thirty year, late twenties, early thirty year old guy. I wanted to see kids come to my front door. I wanted to give them big, huge handfuls of candy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look at um, their costumes and talk to them about their costumes and talk to their parents and have a That's good so time nice. with the interaction. You could care less. Yeah, I don't. Right. Yeah, I, I know. Care. I know you don't. <laughs> I so you know I, don't I hope know. they like I, the Doritos. The stuff. amazing thing to me is that you can get on a talk radio show every night of the week, and you just love to, you are good at talking to people like this. But then when it comes to real life, you don't have you just don't try very hard. What are you talking about? Interact Mark? with people. I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm the one that goes out and does the operation politically homeless booths. I'm the one that goes out with and an reaches agenda. out to people walking by talking to me. So don't act like I can't talk to people. I'm not saying please. that. I'm not saying you can't talk to people. Well, what are you saying? You're, it's it's an agenda for you. You are talking to those people so that you can convert them into libertarians. No. So that, I can't convert anybody to anything. I can just give them a little bit of information, plan, plan a few ideas, and they'll do their own conversion. Sure, sure. But you would like it if they converted to libertarians. That's why you're sure. talking to them about you know, libertarianism. But right. if you weren't talking to them about some agenda that you had, whether you know, it was doing business with them or converting mm-hmm. them to libertarianism, you have nothing to say to them. Well, I mean, you can always talk about the weather, I suppose. But you don't go out and talk to people about the weather. What's the point of that? <laughs> right, I know. I, I don't. I can't even classify what you're saying. But you just, you don't even understand what I'm talking about. I understand. You don't have the desire to talk, talk to people like that. It's like you don't have to this make small talk. Gregarious yeah, right. I gene. Don't. Yeah, I I don't have well. I I'm probably somewhere between <laughs> you, Mark, and Ian. I talk. I I. It's not a good place I, to yeah, be. Yeah, well, I, I could go out, I talk to people, that, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I can't say, you know, talk about the weather. I can understand the what's the point attitude, but there, you know, you just engage people. Well, in, if I'm in, in a situation where I need to engage people, I can. Right, well, you I can. Have the, but I, have the I, I hope to I do don't so. um, make oh, it sound yeah. like you can't. Absolutely. I'm just saying some people are more prone to, to seeking out a conversation for the conversation's sake, whereas some people aren't. You know, and and one of the things about Ian is uh, when we go to the conventions, uh, when we we went to the first two, the first year of the conventions, we would go around and talk radio conventions, talk radio conventions. We would talk to uh, we'd have to talk to program directors. We'd we'd jump on them. Well, actually, Ian would jump on them and, and try to get them, you know, and talk to them. I'm more of, you know, as a salesman, I'm more of a mingler, I, you know, I, I to him, he he had to put on a, his game face and go do it. But he went and did it. Man, it would have been so hard for me emotionally to do what he did. He'd go out there and hi, Ian Bernard, you know, free talk live, you know, that kind of thing. And and he would uh, introduce himself. It was hard for me, I'll tell you that. 
Because well, I'm inter- I'm I'm somewhat of an introvert. So I know you extent. are, but I think that um, what you, you know, never be able to tell by listening to the show. But like I feel like if I, if I'm going out and I, if I'm even just hanging around activists, I don't do a lot of talking because I like to listen. I like to observe what other people are doing, and and I feel like I do enough talking on my show three hours a night. I'm here yapping on into a microphone for hours. Anybody that listens know what I think about things. So why should I bother speaking very much outside of the show? You know? I, I think you just don't like to talk to people about things you're not interested in. And since you're mostly right. interested in radio and, pol- uh, well, libertarianism, that's what you care to engage people about. Exactly. Which, somewhat which limits, is why my mother can't stand being around me. <laughs> which can somewhat limit how Your many mother loves being you around you. To. She can't stand the crap you talk about. Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> However you want to phrase it, she doesn't like it when I'm around because I want to talk about things that are important to me, believe it or not. Can you imagine that? Well, you know, it's, I, I know what you're saying. It, it's it's not easy. It's uh, but you know when when you don't have parents, conversations with people at the hallo- um, during Halloween, those kids want to get the candy and move on to the next house. I you know, did. Oh yeah. I just have a little little short chats, and th- those are the kind of things that like. Really, oh, aren't you cute? Th- those really do build bonds, though. When you're talking about neighbors and that kind of thing. Plus, I'm not saying that I get anything um, substantial out of it. I like the interaction with mm-hmm. people. I like to talk to them. My life's about interactions with people. Yeah. You know, yours when you go out to these, uh, even when you go to the your activist stuff, you bring a camera, so you can fiddle with it. And you know, when you don't have, you have things to do. You you are on assignment. You know what I mean? I guess you just you, it, it's, bring my camera it's, to everything. It's it's a different it's a different view on life. Yeah. Um. That that you and I have entirely. I you know. All right. I I'm trying to make a difference, and you're making small talk. There you go. It takes different strokes. (laughs) Sure does. And it has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. We'll join you tomorrow night for the live Halloween edition of Free Talk Live. Inevitably uh, talking about all things Halloween. We usually can't fill more than an hour on Halloween, but we'll do our best. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you, your Halloween stories. uh, Talk about the Christian hell houses. We love that topic. And whatever else is in the news in regards to Halloween. Like that stuff. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime. FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.